What's going on? Welcome to the All-American Chelsea Podcast. I am the captain, the leader, the legend of all things you see. All-American Chelsea, what's going on? It's your boy, Christian, coming back again to you live. Class in session, what you know how I go, real niggas pay attention. Yep. Ain't talking money, we speaking the different language. The hate niggas gon' need a translator. They move too slow when I think too quick. That's why I flash like Gordon. Hey. I'm light years ahead of you niggas. That's why I've forgotten more than you ever learned. It's my spot now, you better wait your turn. And that yeah, yo shit is irrelevant. You can't hide the fact that I'm easy. Like, gets me so high. You guys know I love starting a podcast. Fucking hype. Something about young Jeezy. Just kicking the absolute street knowledge. Always gets me hype. Hypnotize, you will hypnotize. Bro, this is off of his classic. Classic, classic album. Wait, I think it was the, the the inspiration. Absolute classic album. Always, it feels like every single song off of that album is an absolute banger. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the All American Chelsea Podcast. You know I had to get you right on Valentine's Day. Well, at the time of this recording is Valentine's Day. Hopefully, hopefully, hopefully you guys heeded my warning. I told you this week it was Valentine's Day. I hope, I hope for your sake, for your stinking ass, that you took my warning to heart and you made sure you went out and you got your special somebody, male or female, whoever that might be, and you got them whatever gifts, flowers, candies, whatever, whatever, whatever you needed to do to make sure your significant someone felt special you know again if that was your mom's it's your mom's if that was an auntie or grandma whoever whoever that person might be hopefully you went out and you did something special for that person to let them know and show them that you care me i do not a goddamn thing on february 14th nothing you know why? Because I'm a motherfucking gangster. That's why. No, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, My wife and I, we actually celebrate Valentine's Day on February 18th. And the reason it, we do that is because I sold my wife early on um, in our relationship that February 14th is every woman is, you know, their significant other. Or every man, whoever, you know what I'm trying to get at. I'm not trying to discriminate. You know, I don't need to keep continuing to paint that picture. But the point I'm trying to get at is everybody tries to make their significant other feel special on February 14th. And I'm kicking it. I'm kicking game. You know how I do. I'm kicking game. Latino heat. That's how, you know, that's how I'm known in the streets as Latino heat back in the days. So I'm kicking game to her. I'm like, yeah, baby, you know everybody's trying to feel special on february 14th see you you are 
so special. I want nobody else to feel special on your day. So let's come up with our own day. And credit to my wife, man. She bought a hook, line, and sinker. And uh, we actually celebrate Valentine's Day on February 18th. So on February 18th, I'm taking the family, you know, my son, my wife, um, and we're going to head up to uh, Disney. We're going to be meeting some other relatives there uh, so all the kids can go and hang out with Mickey Mouse. But, yep, so that's what we're doing on uh, February, on Valentine's Day, on our day. And tomorrow, see, here's a, a look, yo, I'm going to put you guys on some game. So tomorrow, tomorrow, up oh, and my laptop is making noise like an amateur. Mm, mute. Nope, that's not mute. That's mute. So, I'm put you guys on a game. What you do is tomorrow, all the Valentine's Day, like cards, uh, candies, all that stuff. That shit goes on sale. So what you do is you kick, you 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 set up, you set it up to pick Valentine's Day after. So you get to pick up all of that stuff at discount. I'm trying to tell you, man. I, I, I'm putting you on game, man. The game is to be sold, not told. And I'm kicking you. I'm giving you guys game for free. Your boy is giving you game for free. What other podcast is going to give you game for free? Hmm? Hmm? I don't see anybody else hooking their listeners up with free game like that. Come on, man. That's some cold-blooded player shit. Oh my god. Anyways, so today's podcast is the post-match review of Chelsea's 2-1 victory in the Europa League versus Malmo at Malmo. So we get two away goals. So the aggregate is 2-1. So all Chelsea has to do is win by all they gotta do is yeah, if they if Malmo goes up, if they score one goal, they got it. Malmo has to win by two goals. By two goals. So all we got to do is just tack on one more. Hey, you guys know the math. Fuck, man. Like, make me explain this shit. It's, what, 11.07 at night. I'm ready to go to bed. I ain't got time for this shit. So it was... You guys will hear all my thoughts um, for the match. But, yeah, like, real quick, the match was... I mean, we won. It was sloppy. I have... Again, my problems with Maurizio Sarri and his lineups and his man rotation. Uh, I talk all about that on the podcast. And for today, I interviewed a gentleman by the name of Daniel Soft. I know I'm fucking up his last name. I know. I know. But there's no disrespect. It's all love. I just can't speak correctly. But my issue with today's game is, um, fuck, I lost my train of thought. What I was trying to skip, my issue with today was Maurizio Sarri's man management. It's, it's, it's getting bad. It's getting real bad. And I feel like this man is digging himself his own grave with his lineups 
I know what you're thinking. Well, Christian, he gets the three points. What does it matter? We, If we win, that's all that matters. I understand what you're saying. But I'm looking at this big picture. Let's say, for example, let's just paint the very real scenario. I'm going to paint the very real scenario that in the summer we're going to lose Eden Hazard and Colum Hudson-Odoi. Now you got to go out and replace them. Yes, Chelsea can splash the cash and buy whatever, whoever they want. But that's not the point. The point is you already have somebody in Callum Hudson-Odoi in-house. You don't need to splash the cash. The kid is right there. That's a winger right there. You know, we might be in the very real scenario situation where you have to replace Callum Hudson-Odoi, Eden Hazard, and both or either Pedro and William. With only Christian Pulisic coming back. And and I'm not too sure on Moses' loan. So I don't know if it's six months or eight months or 12 months. Whatever the case may be. So you might get Moses back. But the, if Mauricio Sarri is still the manager, he's already stressed that he doesn't want Moses. So big picture, he's kind of hurting himself by not rotating the squad, starting Kalamatsun Adoy. He finally got Emerson in, but we don't know if this is only for this game. And then he's going to switch back to Marcus Alonso, who I don't know if he was drunk. I He has to be drunk. Marcus Alonso directly after our 6-0 shellacking. Marcus Alonso was seen running away or leaving the scene where he left his Porsche Cayman parked on a double yellow line. I know the American driving laws. I don't know what the UK driving laws are. I don't know how serious and egregious the crime is of parking on a double yellow line. But for me, the man was going the wrong way. So I don't know the whole situation, but people were making fun of him online. So, And there's some other dark shit when it comes to Marcus Alonso and driving that I know about. For those who don't know, I don't know the whole story, nor do I care to know the whole story because it's kind of fucked up when people, in my opinion, in my opinion, when you kind of bring it up as a point of using it to harass Marcus Alonso um, or to like kind of throw it back into his face. I don't know. I just feel weird about it. I, I, I definitely feel weird about it. And it's because I feel weird about it. I don't. I don't feel the need to joke about it. You know, if I had a clear stance on it, if I love if I didn't care or if I cared, I would be more vocal in how I felt about it and bring it up more. But since I don't know how to feel about the situation and I'll get to the situation right now, I, I don't say anything. So a long time ago when Marcus Alonso was playing for Bolton, Bolton. He was involved in a car accident where, unfortunately, a young lady died. Now, I don't know the details as far as if she was in the car, if she was in the other car. I don't know anything because I, I, I just don't feel like it's not a place where I want to go. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not a rabbit hole I want to go down. But he was involved in an accident where a young lady died. On Twitter and at these matches, people have now begun because of they're unhappy with Marcus Alonso's play. They're bringing this shit up. 
they're bringing it up and they're you know yelling at him and stuff like that and i'm not that guy i'm not that guy i love joking around don't get me wrong i love busting balls and having a good time and making fun making fun with friends and that's the key word it's making fun you and your you know you or like you guys say in the uk taking the piss you do that with friends in my opinion you don't do that with people you don't know you don't there's no need for that and to make fun of that situation it's just not my style so i stay away from it but so that's marcus alonso's driving situation from the past so when this came up people were like you know, trying to like connecting the two. And I had put on Twitter, like there's an obvious joke here that I'm just not going to make. That's being a little bit liberal with my feelings on the whole Marcus Alonso situation. But I mean, fuck, there was an obvious joke there. But since I'm the truth of the matter is I'm not comfortable in my take on that situation is the real reason why i didn't say anything about it so either way um guys i'm gonna get to the podcast it's kind of a long one but it's a good one we covered so many topics um it's a lot of topics i even debated whether i wanted to split it in half uh do something along those lines but i just don't do that like i try not to do that it takes away from the flow if i didn't set out to do that i try not to do that so it is what it is skip around take a couple of days to digest uh the podcast and i'll talk to you guys on the back end later all right everybody what's going on i have an interview i got my boy here daniel soft massive chelsea supporter also a member of the touchline fracas podcast here on the all-american chelsea podcast danny Talk to me, my man. Talk What's to me. What's up, man? So what? Is, is, are your audience like Americans? Is it Americans that listen to this? You know what's funny? Uh, it, it, it's the, the honest truth. I don't know where everybody's coming <laughs> from. Uh, that's the honest to God truth. Right, cool. I have no idea where everybody's coming from. However, if I just use my Twitter analytics, my Twitter yeah. analytics says that a majority of my listeners are based in the UK. Um, and then second place is the U S and then everybody else is sprinkled out throughout the, uh, throughout the world. However, I don't, I don't care about the UK listeners as much, even though like you're probably the majority listening right now, but I really wanted to kind of talk to the Americans. I wanted my voice to go out to the, to the Yanks. Okay. Well, I mean, here you are, you, your, (laughs) your voice is right now in Miami, Florida. And as soon as. As soon as the yo, your voice right now is getting the sun. It's the on the sunshine. beach right now. There's some Latina mommies walking ah, in front of your voice right now. Now, now you're talking. Now you're, <laughs> yo, yo, your voice might be in the club tonight. You never know, man. You never know. Yo, Christian, I need to come out to Miami, man. I Bro, that's what I'm saying. Up. That's what I'm saying. Listen, this is for you and this is for everybody. I've already mm. had one listener come out to Miami. My boy Joshua Banks. He's the mm. first, the pioneer of the whole shit. He was the first 
First, Christian, for, I will come out. Don't offer it because I will come out. You, you're about to well, hold on, okay. sit down, relax, relax, <laughs> chill, chill. <laughs> Joshua Banks is the first guest ever on the very first episode of the All American Chelsea podcast. Joshua really? Banks was also the very first guest to come down here in Miami. And Joshua Banks will not be the last. This goes uh, out to all of my listeners, starting with you, Daniel, and for the whole entire world. If you're hearing my voice, if you come to Miami, Florida, I will pick you up at the airport and I will wheel out the red carpet for you and yes. give you the keys to the city. Yes. So glad. anybody listening to me, bring your ass down here and I'll take care of you. You're a family. Listen to my, listen to my I've got I've got a cold. I've got the sniffles right now. And it's because the weather in Manchester, we don't have that sun. And like <laughs> what I could do sometimes is load up a picture of Miami and just look at it and just wish. How can I get there? But you sorted that shit for me, man. Yep, yep, yo, you're here already. You're here already. Let me tell you right now, just so you guys can understand, you, to make your bro, I've been this morning it was freezing cold for us freezing cold it was 60 degrees right now <laughs> right now it is 75 degrees fahrenheit which turns into 24 degrees celsius uh. so uh, compare that to manchester do you know what it is i'll say this before we get into the chelsea talk, talk even just me. watching things like dexter or <laughs> some of the shows like with that space in miami Everyone's in t-shirts. Yeah, their 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 button downs are all buttoned down. You can see chest hair. Everyone's just enjoying <laughs> this color. Even the pictures of you, like, because you got that big beard. You're racially ambiguous as well. I wanted to get into what are you Latina? Yeah, well, yeah, well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. My 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 roots are Dominican, uh, right? So all okay. of my great grandparents, my grand, we're all mixed. So my great grandmother go out in the middle of the night this is the best way i can describe her skin color okay. and she lived with me okay so okay. this is not i saw a picture my great-grandmother lived with me for many many years i loved her yeah but her skin color was go out into the middle of the night close your eyes what you see is how my grandmother's skin color was she was very very dark really that's me yes. he's not my skin tone there you go so that's my great-grandmother my okay. grandmother had a white father so my grandmother is mixed uh. same thing with my mom so my, my i get that trickle down now my grandfather on my mom's side same thing they my grandfather and his brother were so different in skin tone yes. they called one black and the other one white the white brother and the <laughs> black brother so that's the story with all dominicans is that okay. you're, you're you're mixed so what what does that leave me as a child i grew up in uh, in Miami, but my parents moved me out to uh, the swamps of Broward County. I literally grew up in a community where there was, uh, you know, like it was nothing to hear. Oh yeah, my grandfather was in the Klan, you know, in the KKK. My dad, wow. had, yeah, was in the KKK. Me, the Spanish kids, the Indian kids. There was like 10, 15 of us. And uh. everybody else was white, and we were just all, no matter what, you were Chinese, Indian, black. black la you're all black. There's the black yeah, kids black. and the white kids. Thought, white people are lazy like that. <laughs> I don't care if you're Chinese, you're Indian, you're black. 
They only know either white or black. Yeah. So like, so yeah, like that was Monday through Friday. And then on the weekends, I would go to my cousin's house in Miami. And that was just, it was, I lived in two different worlds. So Miami, baby. So oh, that's cool. Yep. 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 So what to get finally answer you, what am I racially ambiguous? I guess I, I, I honestly, I don't. I, I just am. I don't consider myself yeah, nor cool. a black man nor a white man. I'm, I'm just, I, I am. You know, I feel uh, I feel disingenuous. If you and I walked into a building, right, you mm-hmm. and I would both get pointed out by racists. Like, yo, look at those two black guys. Yeah. However, like, my plight and my, like, racism hasn't been so, like, hard on me because, yeah. I, you know, it, so I, it's, I feel, like, very... Yeah, you got like almost both sides of the coin, but not you got half sides of the coin. So yes, yeah, so, so like, how do I like? I'm sure racism was not so kind to you. I'm, I, or you know, like, I'm, I'm sure of it. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you this. So I grew up in Bermondsey. Uh huh. Bermondsey is like, all right. It's like I guess it's like not your Alabama, but wherever the KK is, KKK is yeah. in America. That's where Bermondsey was. So our version of the KKK was the BMP. Uh huh. And so, do you know about Mia Wall? No. Okay, so Mia Wall is known as so. Obviously, people know Chelsea as the racist team, but uh-huh. Mia Wall is the most racist team. When you think of racism, pure racism, and football, it's Mia Wall. Wait, 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 wait. Millwall, like the the they're yellow and blue color, and they're lions as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, they're the ones that were chanting the other day. Uh, what was it, Mo Salah? Wait, was it? No, maybe, maybe mules are that they're, they're white and blue, and they've got a lion. Yes, they're the, they're most, yeah, they're the most. Yeah, they were saying it is, it is because they were talking. I saw some video on Twitter, some like crazy shit, like about yeah. Everton. It was against Everton. Yeah, was it Everton? I don't know, but oh, go keep going, keep they, going. They, they were they. I think recently they had fights in the streets. Mm-hmm. In whenever they played. Because they, I live near the, the stadium. Whenever they played, we couldn't come out because oh they would target us. As in, when I say us, I mean black people. But just think, to be fair, those are the type of people they just like to fight. So yeah. if you, if you, I don't care what color you are. If they see you, they're gonna want to fight you. They just want to fight. Yeah. But so I grew up there. I wanted to support in England. What they say is you gotta support your local club. Yeah. So I, even though they were racist, I wanted to support them, but um. They told me no, I guess. They just said that I can't support them. But um, yeah, so I, I picked up I picked up Chelsea, which is, a, a, again, probably another racist club, whatever. But um, I mean, I've been supporting Chelsea for since before Abramovich came. Yeah. I think I think we had Glenn Hoddle. I don't know if you know who Glenn Hoddle is, was the manager back then. I've heard his name, yes. Right. But this was, so this was way before. I picked him because we were shit. I literally I don't want to I don't want to pick a good club, but um yeah man it's it's been a good ride. That was a good gamble. <laughs> yeah, and it's a good gamble, isn't it? And this is what I want to say: is football is a roller coaster. So like Chelsea fans complaining that we're not we're not doing good. We're not always going to be doing good. So it's the good and the bad. The good times are good because we've experienced bad times too. So what? Let's talk about the bad times. Let's talk about the city match. Oh, that, why did you do this? I, I thought I left the city match behind me. No, 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 no. I want to hear. So, do you know what? The reason why I know about this podcast is because I think I heard you on the All America. The All. This is the All American podcast. Yeah. There's an America, the Romans Empire podcast. Yeah. 
and I loved your energy in it. So I was thinking, yo, I gotta get, I gotta get on a podcast with you, and I want your opinions on it because go for it. I'm seeing a gang of shit. So for the city match, my whole thing is I've watched it twice. Now I know that sounds like torture, but what I saw after the match, I said I don't think Jorginho had that bad a game. I don't think Chelsea were that bad. And so when I tweeted out on Twitter, because I know everyone was angry and everyone was hot, and in their mind, we just played the worst game ever. So a lot of people saying, you're dumb, what are you watching, etc., etc. So I, my question to you is, how do you think that game went? How bad do you think we were? Oh. I know you don't want to talk about it, bro, but you've got a podcast about Chelsea, so you're going to have to. How, how bad... You know what? It, for me, it was just like <sighs> I'm watching the match and I see if, if you can like if you go on Twitter, I'm seeing, OK, Marcus Alonso, like it's to be expected that he fucks up. You know, I, I, I see Ross Barkley. Yeah, well, it's too expected that he's not on the same level as Manchester City's midfielders. Yeah. So I'm watching this game and I'm just like, <sighs> we're just getting little brothered right now. Like we're just getting. And, and it shouldn't be it shouldn't be like what what what, what the manchester city match showed me and, and, and this goes into Maurizio sorry and this whole sorry in sorry out yeah we'll get on to that the whole match showed me i've been watching high when we were gonna get um Iguain, so yeah. i was watching napoli on youtube their comps and and again i know there's more to it than you can't compress a whole season into a 10 minute video and think you understand the whole thing. There's context to the season. Yeah. But I'm watching the same patterns to goal to goal to, to, for every score. And it yeah. was direct passing, direct passing, direct passing, movement, mm. movement, movement, goal. Yeah. I, you watch our goals in the beginning part of the season. And it's yeah. not the same, but you can yeah. say, oh, okay, like they're, they're related. Yeah. And I'm watching our play now and going even to today, today's mm. 2-1 victory versus Malmo. Yeah. And I don't see, I don't see Napoli. I don't even see us in the beginning of the season. And the mm. Manchester City match was the exact same shit. I'm seeing Pedro running around, running around. I don't know where, like. This uh, yeah, he doesn't know where the north star. He doesn't know which direction he's going in. It's not he, even he has a compass in his head. He's running towards the goal, like with the aggressiveness, like he's about to try to score an own goal. Um, and this is not the first time either. It, it's just like I'm I'm watching this, and I and I and I have to imagine. I have to put myself in the training rooms, or the meeting rooms, in the watching videos of sorry at a board. Going, guys, I need you to do X, Y, and Z. Here's a video of how I want it done. Here's Napoli doing it. And I'm watching Pedro play, and I go, there's no way in hell that he's watching or paying attention in the meetings where, where Sari is telling him, yo, you need to do this, that, or the other. Because his play doesn't say that. Today, in the first, in the first half, mm. there was a clear opportunity where fuck i don't remember who made the run in front of him but it was a clear run all he had to do is pass the ball and we're on for goal yeah. instead he had the ball on his right foot 
He transferred it over to his left, and he comes back towards the middle mm. of the pitch onto the circle. And let me stop you there because I think in the City match, we didn't have that many chances, but there was a, a chance where I think Pedro goes through. I think Hazard feeds Pedro on the right of the box. And Pedro cuts in similar way and takes a shot in his left. And obviously, for a team that isn't getting many chances, we cannot snatch at chances. We can't mm-hmm. just decide, I'm going to cut in and I'm going to shoot and hopefully we'll go in. But I see a pattern of play and I really want to get back to you on the City match. Just Not just what's wrong with Chelsea, but how your thoughts on that City match. But I do think in that City match, if you, you know there's a desperation. When you don't get that many chances, with City, when they attacked, they were calm. They passed it around. They only shot when they were comfortable, when they were confident that they can score. Whereas Chelsea were just trying to shoot through brick walls. There was just cutting and shooting as soon as they got a chance to. And so that showed, I guess a lot of people have mentioned it, but we started quite well. But when we conceded the goal, they lost their heads. But I want to get back to you, Christian, because I really want to get... No, no, no. What you're saying right there, what you're saying, me and my friend, well, me and my cousins, we have a scene where when you're playing FIFA... Yeah. And you have, and you're just shooting on shooting on sight. Anything you see, you're shooting. Yeah. Or you break out. You 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 have a breakaway, and it's just you and the keeper. You and the keeper. And you make the dumbest shot. You rush your shot. Yeah. What we call it is having a boner for goal. When you have a <laughs> boner for goal, you don't you don't you don't see anything. It's like it's like yeah. a beautiful woman in front of you. And you just go. I, I don't know. I gotta do something about this. Yeah. I gotta do something about this. And you're not paying attention. You're not calm. You're not going. Hey, That's hey, so hey, bonus. Huh? You yeah. had so many bonus goals. In that exactly. City. Yeah, they got it. Hey, there's a beautiful lady in front of us. I, I've been here before. I know exactly what I need to do here. I'm, Come I'm going to have some bonus for goals when I go to Miami, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I'm, I'm my man. <laughs> I, I tell this to everybody. I'm, I'm going to need to say, I think I'm going to the store tonight. After we're done recording, I got to go to the store to buy dinner and all all the stuff for dinner. There's a store that sells women's clothing right next Mm. to I will DM. I will take a picture of our mannequins. These are the mannequins in Miami. I can't imagine the rest of the country or the world has the exact same mannequins that we have. I'm just going to. You just. And it's just. It's just in. It's just ingrained into us, like uh, voluptuous women. I, maybe in South America they have these exact same models, be my mannequins. Yeah. But you'll see, you'll see. It's not jealous, fair. Man. I'm jealous, man. I want to somehow, f- email, I want to somehow email myself over to me at Miami. I need to get there right now. I need to get there right now. I, you know, it's hilarious. I feel the same way about about London, about the UK. I've traveled well, a lot on this side of of the of, of this side of of my of the of the planet. Been yeah. to South America, been to the United States, uh, to you know throughout various states of the United States. Been to Canada, but I haven't been on that side. I mm. need to well, see what in. the Europe is like. You you need to come for a Chelsea match. We need to try and arrange it, man. I was so, I was supposed to go in March, but uh, I I breaking news, everybody. Unless I get, uh, unless a bag falls out of the sky, um, I'm not going to be making it in March due to the fact that uh, I had to, you know, I did some remodeling in my house and currently my AC blew in my house. Mm. So I need to replace it. So you have a house. Okay. (laughs) Here we don't have houses like that. We have to rent. So don't, 
the fact that that's a blessing that your AC blew in your house, that's a blessing. Yeah. You, we don't have a house, but but um, quickly back to the Chelsea match. Let's back go. Because I know we want to talk about beautiful women and bonus and shit like that. Let's yes, not get sidetracked. The City match. I can't help it. <laughs> what? <laughs> I can't, I, yeah. All right. So the oh, City go, match. Go, go, go. City, City. City match. Uh, so, so what did you think? You think we played... You so you, it sounds like to me you feel like we played terrible. What went wrong? That's what I want to get from you. <laughs> what went wrong? I mean, from the go, from the go. When I saw the lineup, and I, again, if yeah, you, the, if anybody call me out, I dare you. I dare you to call me out, and I will screenshot you the messages that I sent with a timestamp, giving mm. my predictions when when I saw the lineup. I knew exactly what was going to happen when I saw mm. the line. When I saw Marcus Alonso playing, when I saw yeah. Ross Barkley playing, when I saw yeah. Pedro paint, playing, yeah. I knew exactly what we were going to get ourselves you, into. Let me ask you this. Are you, would you have been happy if William played than Pedro? Yes. At this point, I, I, I need to see William and in, in, in listeners of this podcast are going to know how much it pains me to say mm. that because as somebody that follows the Brazilian national team, as somebody that <laughs> follows Chelsea football, I have a very intimate relationship when it comes to William. I've seen the man play a ton. When he was kicking our ass, when he was with Shakhtar, it felt like for three years straight when we played Shakhtar in Champions League, it was William there kicking our ass, kicking our ass, kicking our ass. <laughs> so I remember who William was before he came to Chelsea. Same thing with the Brazilian national team. So it pains me to say this. I prefer William over Pedro. Honestly, I prefer Callum Hudson Adoy over the both of them. But I'm I'm right there with you. I'm right there with you. But um, we sorry. Apparently, you know, I don't know. Callum we'll Hudson Adoy and sorry have gotten into a. I don't know what the, yeah, the thing is. We'll talk about that later because we have to talk about that for deep. But so, so you'd have preferred William to start over Pedro. Yes. See, William doesn't score for me anyway. He doesn't score goals. Uh, he doesn't score for me either. <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. So, like, I, this is why I kind of get Pedro starting over William, even though neither of them are the perfect options for a team that hasn't scored goals. If you look at our... Apart from this game, before this game, I don't think we'd, we'd scored away from home since... Two, in, two, in 2019, I don't think we've scored away from home. I... I... I'm getting the stat wrong. I'm telling you right now, I'm getting the stat wrong. But yeah. I think in Chelsea, I read somewhere along the line or heard that in Chelsea's last, what, five away matches, they've scored zero goals. Right. And that makes sense. For two, like 2019, we haven't scored goals. Away so, from home. Away from home. And during right. that same time, City has scored like 45 goals. Some some crazy number like that. So, yeah. But, but the then, stat remains is that the point is that Chelsea have scored zero goals away from home. And right. City, in comparison, have scored a ridiculous amount of number. Yeah, but to be fair, are you talking about away from home for City as well? Or are you just talking about overall? Listen, brother, if I would tell you, you if know, I, you know, I would tell you I'm lying. <laughs> if I'm lying, I'm flying. Like, <laughs> no, but I know that. Basically, they've been scoring, we haven't. And that's, the that's the but point. That's the point. That's the point. But here's my thing. This is why when I saw Pedro, Pedro is not a name that I saw on the team sheet thinking, why are you, why are you playing? That makes sense to me. If, if we're not scoring goals, we want to put as many goals up top as possible. And Pedro scores a lot more than William. So for me, 
I'm right there with you on Barkley. When Barkley was starting, I was thinking, oh my God, what the fuck? Because he's playing against either... Who's, who would he play in midfield again? It was uh, Bernardo Silva and, another, and, De, and De Bruyne. The thing no, it was De Bruyne and... And, and uh, was it Fernandinho? I don't know. It's like, bro... Like, it doesn't even matter because they've got options, but... It, it's, with City, it's like, I don't know who's playing where. I know, I know Ederson's in goal. I know mm. the defense, and then I know Aguero. After that, they all like it's all players. They, I don't know who plays Ballers. in what position. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. Because David Silva, the reason why I was, I'm struggling is David Silva didn't start, Mm-mm. and I know Bernardo, Bernardo Silva started on the wing, so mm-hmm. they played Gundogan. I think they played Gundogan and they played De Bruyne in I, midfield. I, I don't. So, know. I mean, it's they're so, all the same to me. Exactly. But my my whole thing was I get. Pedro starting because we needed goals up front. Now, the game for me, we start, everybody knows we started. I think we didn't play that bad. Okay, I feel like it was individual errors. I think obviously we don't have to go over it because everyone knows, but Alonso made a stupid mistake <laughs> on that free free kick. That's not even, do you, that's not a mistake. That's it, not a mistake. I'm sorry. It's not, <laughs> what it's, is it? What is it? Okay, wait, wait, wait. We're talking on what? On the, the first free- goal? Yeah, the first goal. Uh, as I said on the podcast, if it was me out there and I'm and he's guarding me and I'm the right winger, I mm. can forgive him for turning his back. Bernardo Silva's out there, bro. You can't. Yeah. That, that, that's criminal. That's right. that's just as bad yeah. as leaving your Porsche Cayman parked on going the wrong way on double <laughs> lines. That <laughs> is just as bad. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah. I, I don't, I don't, I don't understand. Like, you, bro, you're a yeah. professional, man. You right. know better. Come right. on. Right. So, but but here's the thing: most of the goals for me were individual errors. Whether it was Alonso, so I'm talking about: did we really play that bad? Is it because the reason why I'm asking this is because if we're trying to figure out what the issue is, now there is definitely an issue with Sari because. We when when the lineup came out, we saw Barkley, we saw Alonso, we knew what was going to happen, and then it happened. So why he's picking these players in the first place? That's something. That's an issue. But my whole thing is, I've watched the match again, and okay, for the first two or three minutes, Chelsea were on top. Then they scored. We lost our heads for twenty minutes. City controlled the game, but for the second part of the first half, Chelsea were dominant. We finished the match. We had fifty percent possession. I'm not one of those fans. I'm. I've got. I'm sane. All right. So I'm not saying that we were great. Um, it was. We lost six nil. You can't be good if you lost six nil. But what I'm saying is, when you're watching a match with emotion, when you're seeing all of those goals go in, it made everything feel worse than it actually was. Now most teams would have crumbled properly. When I say crumbled, obviously we did crumble because we conceded a lot of goals. But I'm talking about. After the four four nil, for the last half we can we we controlled the game, but we just wasn't. When City were on top, they were making loads of chances. The issue with Chelsea, the what that I I saw when we were on top for the last twenty minutes, we our pattern of play, our our when we attack, we don't do what City do. City kind of have two wingers out on each touchline. They spread. All of the, our defenders about because our fullbacks have to go out to those wingers, and then and one get, of those fullbacks was on his fifth game in a row. Aspie, who? Aspie, yeah, 
Well, to be fair, SP. So if you remember the last game, the game at home, SP was amazing that in that game. He made like, I think he marked Sterling out of the game in in the one at Stamford Bridge. But this game, he made he wasn't good. But, I mean, but, but I mean, dude, he's twenty nine years old. I, again, twenty nine old though. Yeah, okay, but listen, listen, listen. I, 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 I and I, and again, guys, I'm saying this only. Only, only as a point of reference to give sympathy to Aspie. Yeah. Yeah. I play six aside, and yeah. I'm a 35 year old man and yeah. a quote unquote everyday regular guy. I'm in great shape for a regular guy. Are you, you're, you're in great shape, yeah. For a regular guy, regular <laughs> guy. Okay, I'm not a professional, so yeah. that's how I'm, I'm. I'm just giving sympathy to Aspie. If I play three games. In a yeah. single week, I'm dead. I'm dead. I played last night, and yeah. my knee, like my knees, are hurting. Like I, I, I got kicked in the shin. My shin is. I got kicked in the in the space be- below your knee and above your shin guard. <laughs> you I don't call, even know what it's called. <laughs> I, I, it's called the goddamn. This shit hurts. <laughs> and it, and I need time off to play right. to recharge. I can only imagine what your body must feel like playing. I think if you do the math, it averages out to like a professional game, 90 minutes of a professional game. Is it safe to say that Aspie's running sprinting seven miles every three days in a professional game? But Like in a but game, he's probably sprints for seven miles, correct? Correct. But let's remember your 35, he's 29. All right, bro. But I gotta, you gotta, he's gotta get tired. I mean, he's got. He, I'm, I'm not saying, but what I'm saying is, a lot of we've got a lot of professional footballers. We know we've we've watched football for a long time. We know at 29, that's around about your peak, right? So once you start getting to 32, 33, that's the reason why they start retiring. Then, okay. So and and we're talking about Azpilicueta, who has been playing football since he was a kid. Now you might look at it and think, okay, that means that he's played a lot more games. So there's a lot more mileage. There's a lot of more mileage. But at the same time, he's more resistant and robust because his body's been built for this. Now we know just by looking at the data for so many footballers at 29, you shouldn't be done. Okay. Now maybe Aspie's run more than the more than most footballers, but then there's I've grown up watching football. We've seen players like Zanetti, players like Giggs that have been playing since they were sixteen. So I, I don't think you can use that excuse for Aspie. But for some reason, maybe he is tailing off early. Maybe he's I, tailing off. I early. thought so at the beginning of the season. I felt like Aspie, and and again it could have. There's a lot of reasons to cover why I felt. Aspie was in decline and it was you know new system he's not used to it all those things yeah. no problem I, I get I gave him the benefit of the doubt but yeah. I mean you know who we'd, I would like to talk to to find out if Aspie is falling off who? Raheem Sterling <laughs> Pep Guardiola because it's there's no way there's no way that a professional staff that study and break these players down didn't pick up on the fact that this guy hasn't rested and mentioned that to Pep and go and, and Pep didn't mention that to Sterling. Listen, do me a favor. Right. I want you to get at this man. Step on his right. throat the entire so, game. So you've just brought up a good point because the first match at Stamford Bridge. Okay, so Sterling no, so Sterling played up front. It was Sane. Sane mm-hmm. played on the left, and uh, Aspi done a wonderful job on Sane. 
he was great. Sané um, couldn't get any. So Pep brought Sané off mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. as he locked him down. But that was earlier in the season. Now we know getting getting sorry from Napoli. One of the criticisms that came across was that he played the same fourteen players, mm-hmm. which means towards the towards January February they were tired out and they were all etc cetera, etc. Cetera. So maybe we don't blame Aspi's age. Maybe it kind of comes into a little bit, but maybe we just blame the fact that Sarri has been overplaying him. Shit, I extend this straight up to the board. Yeah. Where the fuck? I mean, where is the board? Again, this whole sorry in, sorry out. I, I feel like everybody has blood on their hands. The players yeah. have blood on their hands. Sorry has blood on their hands. The board has blood on their hands. How yeah. do you not plan? Again, you guys are fucking professionals. Figure this shit out. You can't right. tell me that a guy sitting in right now, I'm sitting in the third in, in a bedroom in my house, okay? Mm. We're talking into a microphone that I can see that yeah. having one right back is a problem and having his backup fro- you know, iced out of the lineup. And having this yeah. same guy, like I yeah. can see that there's a problem. If that, if his, if Zappacosta is not good enough, according to Sorry, then maybe you should have done a better job instead of a fucking panic buy on the last I, day. Like, but, come on, Chris, man. Who, who do, you, who are you blaming for that? Who are you? Blaming? That's the board. That's the. I don't bo- blame the board, though. I'm not blaming the board because this is the same scenario that happened at Napoli. He only used 14 players there. He only used 14 players here. He said himself that Pep told him to only focus on 14 players for the first season because it's too it's too difficult to bring 23 players along at the same time. So you should only that's his mindset. Okay, so that's fine. I don't, care, I don't care. I don't care who the backup is for Aspi. He's not getting played. We've seen with Alonso and Emerson. Emerson, when he's come on, he's played well, but. Sorry, just decided on 14 players that he's going to try to help improve, and and he's just stuck with it. But you already know what though. Then that's where sorry has blood on his hands, and sorry's right. a fucking well, fool. Saying, you're gonna tell, you're gonna take yeah. advice from a rival, and then on top of that, just, you don't exactly. do, you don't do homework to find out who your potential employer is to know that if you don't produce, if you don't get results, that you won't have a job. I'm again, uh, Simon Phillips after at, at the end of the game, put yeah. today he encapsulated my feelings to perfection, and is why he's a writer. Simon Phillips says, a step, you know, it, it, this is not a direct quote. This is, I'm paraphrasing here, people. No, that's cool. Simon Phillips said that he believes in Sarri's football. He believes in the vision. I, yeah. However, mm. these decisions that he's making are only adding to his problems. Before mm. the match, I put, I this lineup, today's lineup is only what? acceptable if come Monday, when I'm walking around Walt Disney World because breaking news everybody I'm on holiday for the next three days come Monday Tuesday Wednesday so there won't be a post match review. You've got a house. You're going to Walt Disney All World. Right. You're living in Miami. Your life is good. Life is no. good. Life is good. All right. So if I don't get a notification on my phone and I don't see Eden Hazard, Gonzalo Higuain, and Callum Hudson Odoi playing, you know, uh, in the attack come Monday, then today's match 
uh, today's lineup is shit. And that's again on sorry. And that's where sorry's at to blame. First of all, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna be competing against the man, and you're gonna I'm gonna be taking advice to him. I don't give a shit if he's my friend or not. I'm not gonna listen to you. Christian, I don't understand this pep shit. Every no matter what he said, people <sighs> listen, Chelsea fans love what Pep says. They say they like Pep says this, Pep says that. Our manager, he's a direct rival. How how are you taking advice from a rival? He, t- I don't get. It. I, I don't understand. I don't understand that either. I I, I just don't understand. Again, I uh, I retweeted uh, what Pep said. What was it? Pep when we were uh, courting Pep to be our manager back in yeah. 2013, where mm. Pep said, "Yo, we need ten. You guys need ten brand new players." That shit holds true still to this day. I retweeted no, Christian, that shit. Christian, I've got to stop. I got to stop you there because this is another thing. Like again, that's what Pep said. Okay. Why are you listening to what Pep said? That okay. we need ten. We've won the league since then, so we didn't need ten new players. And here's the thing: when Pep told Chelsea that, he already knew he was going to City. So he that's the reason oh, why he said that. So you feel like he was trying to, you know, pull pull a uh, what's it called a rope a dope? He was trying to pull a. He was <laughs> Pep was pulling some chicanery on on he Chelsea. Was being, he was being cheeky, bro. He like, it's like he was know, being like, cheeky. <laughs> It was being a little bit cheeky, mate. It was just being a little bit cheeky. It's like, imagine, you know those, the babes in Miami, right? Yes. If I go up to them and I try to holler at one of them. Yes. And then they shut me down. Mm-hmm. I'll be like, well, yeah, well, I don't like light-skinned babes anyway. <laughs> you, know you know that type of thing where you just, right, just because you know it's not going to happen, then you start being cheeky. That's that, that's the that's the whole 10 players thing. Now, mm. maybe Pep needed 10 players uh, for the Chelsea, but don't forget, Pep has bought 10 players since then for City. He yeah. got so many players out and so many players in. So this whole, oh, we need 10 players. Fuck that shit. Don't listen to all this Pep shit. Makes me sick. Fuck the bald fraud. Is the, well, to be fair, he's, he's, he's proven a little bit. He's, he's won the league. But yeah. I'm just saying, let's focus on Chelsea. Fuck what he says. But Fuck. Okay, so let's, okay, so Pep didn't say it. Let's look at our squad. Yeah. How many guys are officially... No ifs, ands, or buts. Deadwood that need to go. I ha- Dead- I did I did the math. I have my number. You, you tell me your numbers. I it's to, to ask me to do it on the podcast. It it'd be a lot of blank space because then I'll be okay. thinking. No no no. How- okay okay. In it, it, it off the top of your head it, again. It, it is, I'm not. Just, I, just you ratios. Know. I think that we've got a good squad. I think we've got a good squad. We do have Deadwood, but I feel like we've got a good squad. I think that with this team, the, I think it's our attack that is the worst. Uh, so I would say, I'd say 70% we've got a good squad. I think people, listen, have you seen the Liverpool squad? If you look at the Liverpool squad, they've got Milner, they've got Henderson, mm-hmm. they've got Tri- they've got young players playing, they've got Trent playing, they've got Gomez playing, they've got um, Fabinho, they've got Cater underperforming, they've got, which now them who they signed from Newcastle. This isn't this isn't a hundred million pound players. Now they've got a good attack and they know who their attack is. Their attack is working great, apart from maybe Firmino. But when you, when I compare Chelsea squad to Liverpool squad, I feel like we've got a better squad. Hmm. And they are top of the league. They're even above City. So all of these Chelsea fans talking about, oh, it's like Christian Manchester United. Yeah, whilst Mourinho was there. They were underperforming severely. Everyone was saying we've got a shit squad. Now Ole's here and they're and they're winning. Everyone's saying 
yeah, they've got the second best squad in the Premier League. I, so, I don't believe that. I don't. But I think United. I, I, yeah, I think what United is very top heavy, and what I mean by that, like top of the pitch, like their attack and their midfield, with the exception of, I, I guess, with the exception of Matic, who I feel like when he left us, he was already on decline. I, I think agree. from Matic back, you need brand new defense and but backups. If oh. this just the defense, that's two thirds of a good squad. And in my opinion, I feel like if you've got a good attack, that covers it covers everything. The issue yeah. with Chelsea is we don't have a good attack. Okay. So like, yeah, no, when no, I look no, at I can't Liverpool, disagree with you. I cannot right. disagree with you. Right. So even Liverpool, I know they've got Van Dijk now, but because they have a good attack, that's what, for me. If I was a manager, if I was to go in a team, the first thing I'd sort out is the attack because that can cover so much. When we think about Leicester winning the league. They, they, I know they had Kante, but they had an attack that scored. They had two goal scorers with Mares and they had Vardy. Um, and, and I feel like had, Okazaki would, 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 would score for them too. In. Yeah, right. But all you really need is two main goal scorers. And if you look at most of the teams that have won the Premier League, they've, they've had that. They've had two goal scorers. So the negligence that Chelsea have shown for the past few years and that the negligence that Sarri shows to attack is a big issue because if you look at Sari's history at Napoli, obviously they had Higuain. He set a record in Serie A scoring 36 goals. I think it was like 34 goals in 36 games all the other way around. Some, some shit like that. Yeah. But but the point, but the point is it's, it was ridiculous. Like however many games. Yeah. It was one goal a game almost. Exactly. Or not more. What happened? Juventus bought him and then rather than replacing them, Sorry, did a project where he put Mertens up front that worked. Now, all credit to him, it worked initially. However, second season, that project failed because Mertens went from scoring one goal a game to scoring one in two. Now, Sorry persisted with it, whilst people were pressuring him, saying maybe you should give Milik a goal. But Sorry persisted with it, and I think Sorry's got this thing which, which is almost like a double-edged sword, because I feel like if you're a manager, I'm employing your brain. And I'm employing your decisions. So I don't give a shit what the media is saying. I don't give a shit mm. what the fans are play- saying. You have to do you, right? Now, with sorry, he persists with things, even though there's a lot of criticism. And I love that because we're not employing the media and we're not employing the fans. We're employing sorry. But then I hate it when I don't like it because shit like Hudson Odoi playing, I can't understand it. But the reason why I'm saying this is that I think sorry has this kind of negligent attitude to goals and attack and that's why i when i say i prefer pedro playing over william is because all right we, we're not scoring that many goals why would we play william when he's only scored like five goals a season when pedro actually scores goals he's he'll probably score more goals but again with napoli like he's got this thing where he's been negligent he wanted to work with Morata. he wanted to continue to work with Morata, even though Morata isn't a goal scorer so i feel like the one thing that we need as a big club chasing a title is a good attack. And that's the one area where we've been negligent, which is, which is, which is, which is shit. I, I just feel like, I just feel like when, when, when I first, I can't disagree with your perspective at all. It's a very sound perspective as far as how to remedy the squad. Right. Uh, improving the, the attack that's a plus by the way obviously i agree with you in terms of man united being top heavy and all that type of stuff 
you you can sort out the attack first, but then you still have to go back and sort out the rest. Yes, but yes, absolutely. I feel, I feel like for a short short term fix, sort out your attack, and then you've got time to sort out the rest. The problem is, is Chelsea don't have a good attack. So right now it's like the white sheet has been snatched, and they can see our naked body. They can see all of our. When Hazard was scoring, nobody was talking t- shit. Right, so we could get away with it. With Hazard, we've seen historically he'll go on a run before winter hits. Then when it gets a bit colder, for some reason, he doesn't he doesn't like it as much. And so I knew this was gonna happen. So what at the beginning of the season, Hazard was was scoring for fun and our our blemishes were hidden. But as soon as Hazard dried up, obviously Murata can't take can't carry it, he can't take the baton. So then all of our issues became Exposed. More yeah. Exposed. I just, I just feel like with sorry, if I was a manager, mm. I, first, I mean, this is insane because I'm trying to. I would have to imagine being a manager for a big club. I, I started watching. You know what? I, when I really started getting, uh, I'm a fan of business. I, I, I find business very interesting to me. Mm. And I started. I had a lot of ideas, and I was way high up on the horse you know saying that no clubs should do this clubs should do that but i started watching the sunderland documentary on i haven't watched it yet but continue i've seen the first three episodes and there's a and i and there's a lot of things that i saw in there and i go "Mm, i definitely thought it was another way around and Mm. and again i'm you know it's as close as i can get into the minds of what's going on at chelsea but I can say that I saw some things and I go, wow, uh, I can see how this could be a problem. But it just boggles my mind that, like, bro, like, how does, how does sorry, how does sorry not, I guess it has to do with the guaranteed contracts that you don't, you don't feel like you're, you, you have, you have a safety net. You don't feel like you're, you, you know, you're writing, you know, without a without a net i guess it's got to be that that you stick to these decisions and you, and you persist the same thing with conte i felt you know same thing I, with Mourinho. They, they they these guys get into this position and they feel like well whatever fuck it this is my brain this is what i do and if you don't like it tough you're still it's, it's still fuck you but, pay me you know but yeah so like first and foremost if i was a manager the fuck you pay me that's correct because when it comes down to it, if you're a manager, you get sacked, you're getting a big paycheck. Most of us, when we get sacked, it's bad news. Most of us, when we get sacked, we have to go home and tell our wives, babe, bad news, we got sacked. When you're a manager, you get sacked, you might as well pop out the champagne, come back and like, baby, we, I got sacked because that's 40 million or whatever. That's 36 million or whatever. As as, as the famous notorious, as the notorious Conor McGregor said, baby, we did it. Break in, out the red it. panties. We did it. <laughs> that's exactly the type of panties, man. But what I'm saying is, I don't think that's, so away from the money, I think as a manager, you have to be like that. This is what I'm saying. You're, you're getting the reason why they're getting paid big money is because, as a, a club, you are hiring their brain. So, of course, they have to stick to what has guided them their whole career. You're hiring their brain, so you're hiring them to make decisions. So they, they can't outsource the, these decisions. Now there is an issue because I think 
it's like you like business, Christian, right? Mm. Now, the reason why businesses always kind of have to hire new graduates from university is because what you find is that the more decisions someone makes and the more the more they're successful they are, the less open they are to doing things a different way because what they've done before has led them to success. Now, the the difficult thing is what you've done before might have worked back then, but it the world changes, right? So you've got this conundrum where the, you've got these super successful people that believe that their way is the right way, whereas the world has changed, which is why you need new people with more open minds to come into your business, right? You, you with me? I got you. I got you. I, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm listening. I'm listening, but I'm, I'm right. getting excited because I kind of, I'm, I feel like I'm anticipating where this is going. Cool. So the thing is with the Mourinho's and the Saris, and don't forget Saris not a young man. He's an old man. Um, the, the thing is with the Mourinho's and the Saris, and we've seen it with both of them, is that the younger coaches, they're more adaptable because they've grown up at a different time. The world has changed. So they're more open to this world of different ideas. Obviously, with football now, it's a lot more global. So you can actually watch different countries' football and you can have, all right, this is how they do it in Spain. This is how they do it in Italy. This is how they do it here. I can be flexible. I don't have to play one formation. Sari grew up in Italy and he he loved Saki, Arrigo Saki, who played one way. And so learning how to become a manager he was a banker at first he learned that way and he stuck to that way and that way is what has got him the Chelsea job that way got him to Empoli that way got him to Napoli that way got him to Chelsea now Christian if you was to have a daughter or whatever you've got a child right yes sir and um you want them to learn an instrument or a language um as let's say let's say that you wanted to learn Mandarin right now there's a girl next door She's from China or whatever. She knows Mandarin. You bring her in to teach the kid Mandarin. She starts teaching the kid Mandarin. All of a sudden you decide, actually, I want my kid to learn fucking some Indian language because the Indians are doing right well. It might be good for their job if they learn Indian instead. The girl that knows Mandarin, she can't teach the kid Indian, right? You hired her to teach your kid Mandarin. Now, when Chelsea hires Sari... We are hiring Sari to teach because what we saw from Sari is why we brought him here. So all of these people telling Sari to be flexible. No, they he came here. They, they asked him to come here to teach, uh, to teach Sari's football. So that's why Sari has to stay the course. With, he has to stay the course. Yeah. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be successful. So... The critics are right to kind of criticize and, and say their opinion, but Sari doesn't, he doesn't have to change. A lot of people saying, oh, he should drop Kante deeper. No, he, he shouldn't really. If that's his fundamentals, he shouldn't. Now, I, I watched the interview with Gabriel Marcotti, and to be fair, I've done my homework too. And at Empoli, he didn't play a 4 3 3. To be fair, it was a similar system. He played a diamond, which is basically similar, but rather than playing two wingers, you play two strikers and someone in the hole. But um, Gabriel Marcotti, who's obviously like a journalist, he says that the reason why, and sorry, he said it himself. He says that initially I want to play this way. And once we've mastered this way, then we can switch. I don't, you, know, you probably heard Conte say the same thing. Now, he's correct in terms of we know that Sari likes to bring in his old players, whether it's Jorginho, 
he obviously Higuain. Mm -hmm. The reason why is because I'm hearing there's a lot of players saying there's so many instructions. It's too many instructions. Apparently, he does this thing where it's coordinates. So if the opposition is in one area of the pitch, then you have to be in A4. Or if he's in B7, you have to be in A6. And so it's difficult. for. Apparently, there's 36 different hand gestures for throw-ins. So when they're doing a throw-in, someone does a hand gesture and you have to learn these hand gestures. So apparently it's difficult for these players to pick up. Now, that's the reason why I get Sari in Sari's head. He's done this before. This is not the first time he's coming to a club. He said, OK, I understand this is going to be difficult. That's why I want as many of my players that have played with me before to come in. Therefore, they're already trained up. So it won't be as difficult. I, that and makes perfect I, sense. And that's, you know what? It does. It makes perfect sense. And it's, okay, here we go. And yeah. it is why I believe that the board has shares some of this to blame. Okay, you're perfectly right. You bring in a Mandarin instructor and now you want the instructor to teach Indian. That shit ain't right. gonna work. Right. But the board, again, do your homework. You know this man that you're bringing in. Why the hell are you not backing him? You brought him in for a reason. You know that you've heard, you've done your research. You've played this, you've 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 danced this dance to yeah. bring him in. You know he needs X, Y, and Z type of players. Okay? Right. I, I don't know how many of these players outside of Jorginho that Sari wanted to bring in for his system. I, I, I honestly, thinking about it now... I, so here's I don't my, I don't remember it was too many. I, I don't remember if it was too many. Sorry. So I can't say sorry said it because it was a friend of sorry. And he said that PSG wanted sorry. But sorry said he doesn't feel like those players have the players to play his football because they don't run around. Whereas he said, I look at Chelsea and they have the players to play my system because they've got a lot of runners there. Now, obviously, we've seen with the likes of Ruben Loftus-Cheek, who is clearly t more talented than Barkley, and he's clearly more attacking than Kovacic, but he's not getting to the team because Sarri likes his players to be energetic and run around, which is probably why Barkley plays a lot more. Now, Sarri apparently has done his due diligence on the Chelsea squad, and he decided, listen, now here's another thing that pisses me off with Chelsea fans, because a lot of Chelsea fans talk about, we should play like Napoli. Sarri said himself at the beginning, he's not... You can't create yeah. Napoli and Chelsea. You can't because yeah. we're, it's a different league. It's a different set of players. So I like how you referenced earlier in the podcast. We're, we're not going to be a mirror image, but there's going to be some sort of similarities. There's right. it, it, we, we can be the you know the first cousin or whatever like that. But like exactly. But like exactly sorry. Like but, but 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 I, I, here's here's my my beef with with sorry. Yeah, I, I just it, it's just like bro. I get it. I get it that you're so rigid on your system, and I don't want him to change. But you right. gotta see that Colum Hudson Adoy. If and it, I Enough. didn't. I didn't. I didn't say this. Colum yeah. Hudson Adoy didn't say this. Pedro yeah. and William didn't say this. Sorry was the one that said it. That mm. Colum Hudson Adoy is as good as Pedro and William. But he yet, out of the three of them, he gets the least amount of playing time. We see yeah, but, the whole point. We're we're lacking goals, and I if I swear to God, if Sorry was in front of me, I would have kicked his ass. I swear to you, I'm not kidding you. There is no. <laughs> you look like you can kick his ass too, man. But I mean, he's an old man. I, I don't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't 
put a hand okay, on him. Cool. He's an old man. Yeah, you, what are you gonna do? But <laughs> I, I'm, 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 the 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 feeling is the same. The feeling is there. They, bro, what the fuck in a game where we need goals? We're losing. I get it. We're getting our asses handed to us in Manchester City, and this is not the first time that he does this. Yeah. We're getting our asses handed to him. Us. We need goals. We need goals. We need goals. And instead of in the city game, and instead of bringing on Ruben Loftus Cheek for the midfield position, he brings on Kovacic. Well, we need goals. I'm like, bro. Right. Like, sorry. What are you doing? This is again. I can. I, I can't. Bitch can about I, can the board. You know what I'm saying? Like, hold on a second. Yeah. Like, I can bitch about the board. All I want. I can bitch. We can bitch about the players and complain about the players. Sorry can do the same. But that's on him. These yeah. players that he's picking is on him. That's and, and I want this man to succeed, but you gotta do yourself some favors, bro. Yeah, yeah. This is what this is the worst thing. I'm right there with you. He's got blood in his hands. Don't get it twisted. He's got blood in his hands. And I want him to succeed too. But and we'll get so all right. So let me ask you this. Are you sorry in or sorry out? I'm a hundred out oh, okay. <laughs> the perfect way to say this. I'm yeah. sorry in <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's it. Sorry. Sorry. You know, I got my hands up. But here's the thing. Like, like in, all, in all honesty, like I, I was Conte in. I was Mourinho in. I'm, okay. I'm, I, I want my manager to succeed. I don't give a shit. Like as mm. long as we're winning trophies and as long as everybody that puts on a shirt that has that's collecting a check. Every I don't know when they get paid, but every let's say every Monday, every Friday, and it says yeah. Chelsea Football Club associated mm. with that check that's going into their bank account. I want every single person to succeed from the stewards all the way up to Eden Hazard, the board, mm. everybody, everybody. Oh. Now, what comes with that? There, I don't know if you follow MMA or not, but no. okay, so there's a fighter. He's a he's a now an analyst on ESPN for those who don't know his name is Chell Sonnet. But he said a very, very, very important quote when it comes to sports and in competition that I a hundred percent agree with and believe in. And that is when you're competing, if every single day, if every single minute, if every single second, and I'm paraphrasing this to a degree, but the point is when you're in a competition and you're in competing in the competition, if the goal of the day isn't to put me one step closer to being a champion, then you need to stop and remove yourself from that competition. I agree. So when these decisions are being made, I get it. Sorry. You want these guys to play their, 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 their your football and your, yeah. your tactics and all of that. And I want them to, I really yeah. want them to, cause I believe in you. And okay. I, Sometimes, like, like, is 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 starting Pedro putting you one step closer to being elite? Okay, I want us to win the Premier League, but that's not the only competition that we're in. So, what is the decision that you're making putting us in the best position to lift the FA Cup, to lift the Carabao Cup, to lift the Europa Cup, to lift the Premier League? Are you saying starting Pedro over Hudson today? Is only acceptable. Is only acceptable. <laughs> it's of on Monday Christian. that lineup comes out Christian. and I see Callum Hudson Odoi starting. Not gonna be playing. Let me tell you right I, I, now. I, and I know that. Yeah. And I know that. When you bring on when he brought on that man, 
at what with eight minutes left I to play, so. I yeah. knew everything I needed to know right then and there. But, I knew he's not he's not playing but, on Monday. But we we know anyway. Even before this game, we know it's been a thing, and this is one of the reason why. And sorry's got blood in his hands, and I'm sorry Ian as well because <laughs> sorry, we all know we've all had at the the. At, the interview with Sari to get the job, it was kind of well documented that they kind of quizzed him on his thoughts about youth because we all know at Chelsea, we've got this thing where we've got a lot of talented players and Conte wasn't playing our young players and we, we bought squad players like Drinkwater and Bakayoko when we could have been using Loftus Chalabar. The list goes on and on. Right, and so everyone's you everyone was unified from the clubs to the board i feel like the club the board the fans that the next manager had to be someone that is going to be youth friendly um and so i feel like one of the things that was one of the major things that they talked to sorry about was your attitude to youth now i remember pre-season because hudson and Doyle played a lot of the games in pre-season so all obviously of them. it was up all of them. Obviously, it was a World Cup. And so we was missing William. We was missing Pedro. We was missing Hazard for the majority of it. However, sorry, they are sorry. Um, sorry said to Hudson, how long have you, how many minutes did you get last season? He said something like eight minutes. He said, that was crazy. He said, it's not about age. It's about talent. That's what he said in preseason. Right. And he played, even he played the the charity shield. He played the community, uh, the mm-hmm. whatever shield. He played the community shield. So, I was thinking, okay, this guy, because I know that he had history at Napoli of not playing Diawara, not playing Zielinski, and people complaining about his attitude towards youth. So I I was thinking, okay, so maybe he's changed because I know that was a big thing. I'm, I'm sure it was a big thing. But he blatantly lied in that interview saying that he was going to use youth because I don't know if you've seen the Bolka interview. Yeah, I was reading it actually on the way home. I was start, I was right. reading the 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 interview. So go ahead, keep, the, keep going, keep going. Yeah, for the purpose of the podcast, Bolker is our, our goalkeeper. I think he's like eighteen years old, and yep. he played 17, in preseason. Seventeen, seventeen years old, but he played in preseason too. And now at this point, we knew Courtois was going. At this point, Kepa hadn't come in, and at this point. I, he was playing so good in preseason. I was ready for him to be our number one keeper. Now, Christian, I'm sure you followed preseason. He was great in preseason. He right? was. He was. Right. So, someone that performs that well, and he there's when you've got a good goalkeeper, and he's quite tall as well. When you've got he's a, a big good man, goal, he's, a, he's big a big man. man. He's a right. big man. Right. So, like when you've got sometimes I I get how girls feel when they've got a big, tall, strong man next to them because you just feel safe and comfortable. That's how like a big goalkeeper that is good can make you feel and Bolka just kind of filled that net like I just felt it felt like he experienced in the net it didn't feel like he got flustered he didn't feel like he was young and so he was amazing and I was reading that interview today and apparently Sari told him that um because of his performances in pre-seasons he will get some games this season now he hasn't played a single game this season now for context again like Hudson Dodoy and I think even more pressing than Hassan Doy because his contract is up at the end of this season. Bolko in the interview suggested that maybe he hasn't played because even though a contract was offered to him three months ago, he hasn't signed yet. But of course he's not going to sign yet because he's not playing any games. And why are you going to sign your life away when you've seen the history of Chelsea? Mm-hmm. Players signing contract and getting loaned out for seven years and and not and never playing for Chelsea. So 
here's the thing about Sari. Sari said he doesn't care about age. Sari's a liar. Sari says he doesn't care about the transfer transfer market, but then he says, I want this player and that player. So even though it's difficult because Sari seems like an honest player. Whenever I watch press conference, post-match press conferences, he seems more honest in those than most managers. Most managers don't give away this, the same amount of details and the same amount of honest opinions of what the match has just happened as Sari. Sari will say, we only played good for 20 minutes. The rest we were shit. Sari will say Alonso was bad. Sari will say Hazard needs to... Like, he's very honest with that. But I feel like on some things, he's just a straight-up liar. Now, earlier on in the season with hudson Adoy. They asked him, why isn't he playing? And he said, hudson Adoy needs to improve in his defensive game. That's a fucking lie. I don't care what anyone says because I've watched Pedro, I've watched William, and I've seen hudson Adoy, and hudson Adoy does more going back than any of those two, mm-hmm. naturally. Like, even though William runs around, both of them run around, to be fair, okay, I'm not saying he does more than them two, but he's on a par. He's not weak defensively. Mm-hmm. So that was a lie. Now, he's talked about Ruben Loftus-Cheek being weak defensively. That's the truth. We've seen games. We've seen games. And so one thing I like about Sari is usually his assessment is on point. But for some reason, he was lying about um, Hudson. Now, earlier on in the season, he said age doesn't matter. Now he's saying he's just 18. What the fuck is that? You know what that is? During the interview, I can see him sitting across from Marina and sitting across from Bruce Buck and, and yeah. all the other faces there are that are part of the board. He's telling yeah. them everything. He's giving them a thumbs up above the table, but under yeah. the table, he's giving them the finger. That's what yeah. he's doing. I, well, but, but, well, Christian, here's the thing. If you're getting interviewed and one of the fundamental things is we want you to play youth and you're not doing it because... Like I said, the reason why I'm sorry in is because I'm 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 comfortable with what's going on on the pitch right now in terms of gameplay and where we are at in terms of adjusting to his football. I'm comfortable because people will need to understand. So earlier you mentioned at the beginning of the season, you saw that kind of cousin of Napoli. Mm-hmm. 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 That, right? Now, my thing is learning isn't linear. So you 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 said you've got you. You're, you're in good shape, right? So you work out. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, you mentioned that MMA fighter and you're saying that every single every single match you play, you, you should be inching towards a win. So when you when I go to the gym and I'm trying to beat a personal best, maybe I might not do it today, but I'm going to try it. I'm going to try and get at least one kilogram more. I'm going to mm-hmm. try it. Every single time I go to the gym, I'm fighting for a, a new inch, right? But here's the thing for me. This is what I I kind of want to get across to people listening. Learning isn't linear. So there's going to be some times where you get a bit better, but there's going to be some times where it seems like you're getting worse. But sometimes with learning, it's just that you're going to have that kind of swing, that pendulum swing where sometimes sometimes it's looking bad. So with with these Manchester, with the Bournemouth loss, with the Manchester City loss, all of that, I'm actually copacetic with. That's not what's angering me. The, The anger is... I know this man is really good at analysis. I know this guy is really, he's really, he's, his attention to detail of how players are playing is on point. Most of his game analysis things that I've seen is on point. Yet for some reason, Alonso will be making shit performances. Alonso, who, he, Alonso's so careless when he's passing the ball forward. He doesn't, everything's half-hearted with him. He doesn't care if the ball gets to Hazard. He'll just fling it there and say, Hazard, you're good. Make something of it. And he's seen this so many times. And he's seen that his lacks 
attitude to defence. He's seen that in terms of attack, yeah, he can shoot, but he's not good at dribbling, not good to take people on. We've seen this all season. All Chelsea fan knows that Alonso, Emerson is better than Alonso, but for some reason, he persists with that. And so that is what I can't reconcile. We, we all know, both of us, it's not a surprise that both of us think that Hudson is better than Pedro and William. And it's not just because we want to play the Ute and all that bullshit that these fucking people say. The reason why is because we've seen Hudson play and we can see that he offers more than both of them. And what pisses me off is Sari came out in the Bournemouth match and he said, the issue with our wingers is they receive the ball with their back to goal. He says that, uh, we need people with better movement that 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 play wide and that take players that obviously that with good movement that want to get in behind and that want to run a bit. Well, when Hudson Odoi plays, that's what he does. We we saw before Morata left, Morata scored two goals mm-hmm. from Hudson Odoi crosses, and and then a couple of games later, Sari said at the press conference, it's not easy to play in this team for a striker because they've got people like Pedro and William and Hazard that are individuals and that rather than looking up and trying to cross it in, they want to dribble and they want to cut in and shoot. So he sees these issues with the wingers, yet the one winger that whenever he plays, he plays the way that Sari wants to get our wingers that are currently playing to play is playing as Hudson, yet he doesn't play him. Why? Because he says he's 18 and he says, how many other 18-year-olds in Europe are playing? Well, I'll give you... I, I, I hope he's listening to this because... In the Champions, we were in Europa, but in the Champions League, you have Sancho, you had Sancho, you had Vinicius Junior playing. But, but, but let's not even go any further than let's stay in London. You have fucking Gwendozi playing every single game, and he's what nineteen, right? Eighteen. Right. It's the right. same shit. It's just like, it's- bro, why? I just don't understand. Why does he persist with these so- lineups? Like. Bro, like you're going to get fired. I don't want you to be fired. You're going to get fired if you continue playing these bullshit lineups. If you, he knows, he knows, the board knows, everybody knows that fucking Marcus Alonso isn't good enough, but yet this asshole still wheels him out. He knows, okay, okay, so Marcus Alonso is good enough to play every single game. I mean, it's, it's good enough not to get dropped, no matter what he does. But meanwhile, mm. and, and same thing with Aspie. But you have, like, like okay, but I'm sorry. Let me take that back. Let me take that back. Mm. Ruben Loftus-Cheek and Callum Hudson-Odoi need to improve in the defensive game. But meanwhile, this asshole is over here on the left, mm. whose job is the defensive game phase, and he can't do shit there. Speak on it. This is what I'm saying. This is the inconsistencies that that I don't have here, but I wanna I I wanna tear it out because these are the inco- these the this is my issue. This is my issue, and this is why even though I'm sorry in, I'm sorry out at the same time. I'm both, and I don't understand how you can be both, but I'm both because I, you've hit the nail in the head where it's a problem for Hudson Odoi defensively it's a problem for Loftus Cheek defensively but it's not a problem for Alonso defensively he said that he plays Alonso because of height fuck Loft- you with the height I don't wanna, Loft- I don't believe that shit no because this is what I'm saying so it's a straight lie so see this is this is this is the thing with sorry now what was I gonna say before I had a great point and I've just lost it but it's cool we'll try to find we'll it try to, to find it. it but but it's just like I, I, I want this man to succeed. I want attacking football. I I, I, I want this. I, I want us. I want this fucking team to be elite. I, I want 
us you know what? to Continue. not to be satisfied with the fucking Premier League. Be right. I, I want us to be challenging for 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 the Champions League. I want us to be setting, uh, you know pissed off that at the end of the season we got three trophies instead of four. That's what I want for Chelsea Football Club. But but these decisions that are being made is like. How is it that this man was the guy, the perfect man, the man that that, that Chelsea, they sent Marina flying this way or the other after uh, De Laurentiis is criticizing criticizing Marina in post uh, in press conferences, but yet they persisted on signing this guy. But now you're not gonna willing to back him. He was your boy a few months ago, but now he's not your boy. No, I think they're backing him. I think they're backing them, and I I think we have to remember that. I hope so. Well, you know what? We'll you know when we'll know if they're backing him in the transfer market. If I don't but, see Danny Drinkwater, if I don't see Zappacosta and 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 and, and Cahill being moved on. But but my thing is, like I said before, he is intentionally focusing on playing fourteen players. So all of, to to me to me all that drink water stuff is irrelevant because really and truly he's not even using Ruben Loftus cheek so drink water is irrelevant whether he's here or not it doesn't matter like to me I, That's I couldn't point. care less that's might as well not even be on the club they don't even be right. worried about him exactly so so my whole thing is this with um sorry sorry came in don't forget Conte started our preseason uh sorry came in late so. And and at, at the same time, sorry, he says he's not a, a, a transfer market manager. A lot of people say they need to get his players in. To be fair, allegedly, I read a, an article saying that initially, his first kind of due diligence on the squad, he thought that this squad was good enough to play his football. But on closer viewing, he, he's made an error. And so he feels like he needs massive changes this summer. How convenient. So we, yeah. <laughs> but But here's my thing. I, I'm that doesn't it's not music to my ears that's not music to my ears because I think one thing that we have to realize with Chelsea is we are a grass is greener club we've had so many instances of either bringing back people or trying to bring back people whether it's KDB whether it's um buying back David Luiz whether it's you know uh, just Mourinho and 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 just just so many instances of this club letting talent go then realizing oh, we shouldn't have let him go. Let's bring it back, right? And so this whole, all right, let's just... Here's the thing. So a lot of Chelsea fans on Twitter, now I see them reminiscing to the days of Lampard and, and oh, we were great. And when we had champions and when we had leaders, I remember those days. And those days, people was like, they're an aging squad. Get them out. Let's get a new... Let's get fresh young players. That was That's- uh Village Boas. He wanted to get out the, his plans, wasn't it? To get out Czech, to get out Terry, to get out every to, to get out Even the spine. That, Christian, for for a long time, since about when Lampard and Terry was about twenty eight, because they had started together with Mourinho about twenty two, twenty three, Lampard and, and Terry, that that team. I think about 2003 or 2004 or five, that's when Mourinho came in. There was about twenty three, I think. So that was 15 years ago or whatever. Is that 15? Yeah, it's about 15 years mm. ago. Anyway, so for about five years, they that team was winning loads, right? But then obviously Mourinho, Mourinho went and everyone kept on saying, all right, there's a new manager in, but it's still Mourinho's team. It's still Mourinho's team. Once that team got to about 28, 
in these videos that they're still showing now, they're like, oh, I miss those days. All of the Chelsea fans at that point were saying they need to get rid of that team because it's still Mourinho's team. There's too much player power, et cetera, et cetera. So all these people saying, um, oh, all these people harping back to those days, they're saying the same things now to what they were saying then. They've just forgot that 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 their the memories kind of tainted to just look at the good times. Now, what I'm saying here is we've got a lot of good players here at this club right now. And when you ask me about my evaluation of the squad, I think we've got good players. I just feel like this club has a history of not seeing what they've got at home and being blinded by form. Now, I think when I'm saying we've got a lot of good players, I'm, I'm not saying that we don't need new players. We do, especially in attack. We need to address the attacking situation. But Ruben Loftus-Cheek, I know he's got a back injury and it was... It's, it's so frustrating because he was making a lot of progress and then that, that injury kind of slowed him down. But he really needs to be someone that we try hard in getting into the first team. Not a squad player, not anything. He's a top-level talent. Hudson-Odoi, the same. Now, I don't know if Hazard's sticking around. For me, I, I think don't know he should go. Of the, I, I, don't, I don't know if Hazard or Colum Hudson-Odoi sticking around. I really don't. I, I, know, I know, but what I'm saying is for, for Hazard, I don't think we should fight as much. Because I just feel like he's done as enough. But if he chooses to stay cool. But I feel like with Hudson and RLC, we should fight. And I don't think Sari. My issue is, is even though I want Sari to win, I can't see him using these players properly. Which is why I'm Sari out. Which is so fucking annoying. Because all he has to do is play players that are playing better than players that are playing poor. I I a hundred percent agree with you. I a hundred percent agree with you. I, I just I'm I, it it's just it's so frustrating because it's like, bro, like I how do you not see what I see? And how do you see what I see? Mm. Agree that we both are seeing the same thing. See it. We all see it. Sorry sees it. And then but you do the opposite. You're like, yeah, I know, I know. Do you know where it is? It's so it's like this. The way that I see it in the analogy is this whole kind of player, playing 14 players thing, I think he sees it like, um, so imagine like a game where you're collecting points and everything like an experience point. So if we call it a sorry experience point, that's the currency. The more games a player has played, the more sorry experience points they have, right? And so that's why he wants to buy all of these old players, whether it's Higuain or Hisaj for right back. But also, the players that he started the season with, like Willian, like Alonso, because they've played so many games, they've got sorry experience points. So even though they're playing shit, he's looking at them thinking, okay, I've invested this much in Alonso, so I can't now start again with Emerson from zero. But that's so short-sighted, my man. My friend, that's so short-sighted. The reason why is like, if you intend on sticking around right because his contract is for three years so let's say he survives this season and is managing into next season how many of these 14 players you yourself if you had to start from zero are you keeping right right exactly because when it comes down to a williams contract's almost up done and he's been trying to get a move pedro's been trying to get a move so it makes sense to me, but this is what why it frustrates me with all of these stupid. I don't want to call them stupid; they're not stupid. But it just it, it frustrates me with uh, all of these people that go to the press conferences and they ask him shit questions. 
Because my question to be him, wouldn't it be make more sense in investing these sorry experience points is in someone like Hudson, in someone like Loftus Cheek, who are going to be here for the future? Now, now Emerson so, absolutely could be Emerson, here. Now, 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 I think people forget that Sari is like sixty something years old, right? Now, a lot of people that I talk to that have kids, older people, like people that are in their fifties, sixties, they they can have like a thirty year old son, and to them they are still a kid. So I feel like one thing that people kind of haven't kind of grasped is that Sari is such an old man that when he sees Hudson Dodoy. Or when he sees someone like Loftus Cheek, to him they're still in kind of diapers. They're still really babies that can be babies around. But you have to understand, this is these are superstars at this point. Hudson and Doy, people know him all around the world. Bayern Munich are bidding for him like 60, 70 million for him. So he's and he, and it's not like he's it's not like he's not ready. He's ready. So I just I, feel I, like I don't feel as I, I know I, I hear what you're saying, but that's yeah. that's not an excuse. That's no, not I'm not a, saying it's an excuse, but what I'm saying is people need to ask him to explain his Yes, his, yes, okay, his okay, yes. Explain explain where you're coming from. Explain like it, it. Or, like it or not, just tell me where you're coming from with this. Because yes. it's very yeah. it's very confusing. So right. I mean, what do you think about today's match? When you saw that lineup. I was furious. I said sorry <laughs> out straight away. I was I was furious. Okay, I so was, when you said did you go Damn it, sorry. Or you're like, motherfucker. No, no, no. Christian, I had to calm myself down because, listen, I pride myself on not being uh, emotional. Oh, you're a better man I like, than I. You are a better I man than but I. This is why I wanted to be on a podcast with you because I was like, you get out the emotion because I, w- I need someone to get out the emotion. So you be angry and let me analyze. Let me uh, let me just. So I, I, I had to try to draw myself back. But I really, you know, when you said that, okay. If he was in right in front of you, you could you could you could do damage to him. Yeah, that was I wished somehow I could be in front of him and just rob him of all of his cigarettes or some shit like just something to damage his happiness for a while because it's like it's like uh, this was the game that he like it wasn't an option if you played him. This was the game where you had to play him because you haven't played. Since you've said that he's the same level as Hudson, I mean, as William and Pedro, you've barely played him. This is the Europa with Malmo. I know you've just lost 6-0, but this shows you his thoughts on Hudson. He doesn't trust him whatsoever. He um, can't. And, and so, so this, to me, is a breaking point. I can't have him continuing because it means that he's an ageist. I... I you, we... His decisions might suggest that I'm I'm giving him a lifeline. I'm saying we don't know that there could be a tactical reason. The last game he didn't play in Manchester City because he had a fever, but yet we've seen Michael Jordan literally play with the flu in a game. How many players have played games with with injuries? Frank Lampard played. Did he not? Did he not play after his mother passed away? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, like, he's a story, though, Christian, quick, real quick. And obviously, he's not Chelsea, but Suarez, Suarez plays with so many injuries. There was one time where he 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 needed to borrow Gerard's boot because Gerard's foot is bigger than his, and his foot was swollen. So he needed to borrow Steven Gerrard's boot to continue playing because his foot was swollen, I, and he played. and he played. I mean, you know, uh, and, so, and you could tell that Hudson wants to play. 
It's not. Yeah, I, I, it, no, no, no. This him not playing is has nothing to do with Colin Hudson Odoi's attitude. At least not in front of the cameras. I, I, I'll, I'll again. I'll give the possibility, the the shadow, of the, you know, the the doubt, the benefit of the doubt that yeah. we don't know what happens behind the scenes. For right. my eyes, for what I can see and yeah. read, it seems like this kid is doing everything possible to play. He has the right attitude. So this right, has nothing right. to do and, with Colin Hudson Adoy. Even today, like when he comes on for eight minutes, he has the right attitude coming on, even though everyone is scheming. So imagine how Hudson's feeling if for us, we are feeling hard done by it. And this is him who's worked since he was eight years old. And I know people are, look, they ask the question in the BT Sports studio and they, they just brush it off. He's 18. He should just learn from. Fuck out of here with that. You keep on saying he should. He said, "Listen, you should learn from William. You should learn from Pedro. These are the guys that aren't doing it. Why should he learn from them? These are the guys that aren't doing it. These are guys that are not cutting the mustard. All right. But why can't? But why does he have to learn from them when he can? Hey, hey, Central. Let me uh, talk to me about about being eighteen and playing all the time. Hey, Mbappe. Hey, hey, wee wee. How does it feel to be eighteen, nineteen, and have the world by your balls? LeBron James, you right. just got out of high school and you were right. killing the game. Talk right. to me what it's like to be 18 years old. Fuck right. out of here. Fuck completely out of here because here's my thing. Ronaldo, I'm not talking about Cristiano. Ronaldo, R9. L Phenomena. A lot of people still harp back to when he first came through at 18 in the Dutch league because. When you're 18, there's this youthful exuberance you have. Like people talk about Rooney when he was 18. People talk about Sterling when he was 18. So there's a, there's an explosiveness when Rashford first like burst on the scene for United. There's an explosiveness that you never get back as an older player. People talk about 18 year old Rooney more than they do 25 year old Rooney. And so here's the thing that all of these 18 year old players need to understand, and all of these fucking pundits and everyone need to understand is. You don't get that back. So when people talk about Owen, his best, Michael Owen, he had, he had injuries. The best years of his of his career was when he was 18 to 20. Mm-hmm. Imagine if he was at Chelsea and he spent those years on the bench. It's, it's, it's fucking egregious and it's ridiculous because, okay, if you're 18 and you're not ready and you can't contribute, then that's another thing. But they're stopping him from going to Bayern Munich and I don't give a shit whether they're saying... Oh, he might not play there. They want to spend 40, 50 million in him. They're saying they believe in him right now. So what? on one hand, they're stopping him from going. On, on the other hand, for 70 or 50 million, and on the other hand, they're saying he's not ready to start. How does that even fucking work? Where one hand, you're rejecting 60 million for a player. On the other hand, you're saying you're not ready to fucking start. The, the, the maths don't fucking add up. I, I, I don't... I don't... I I don't have any answers for you. I, I I've I've blown out all my frustrations with the Callum Hudson Adoy situation, especially for today. When I, yeah. the first couple of minutes, I'm like, oh yeah, Pedro starting. Yep, yep, yep. Exactly no, what I exactly what I've come to expect from Pedro starting is exactly right. what I'm getting. Right, and 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 here's the thing, it made me not it made me not want to watch the game. I'm a Chelsea fan. We're we're, we're diehards. I don't know if it happened to you as well. When I when I saw it, I was like, oh, because the one the one reason why I wanted I was looking forward to watching this game was Hudson the was playing. It made me not want to watch the game. 
But just quickly back to Sari, quickly, because this is the point that I forgot that I wanted to. There to we remember. go. I knew you would find <laughs> it. <laughs> so, like, um, yeah, in terms of playing his football and playing his style, um, Napoli, apparently, it took time at Napoli. I don't know if you heard Sari say, but this was, this is why I believe it. It was earlier on in the season, we were playing Europa, and then they asked Sari, don't forget, at this point, it was all. Everything was good. Everybody was like, sorry, ball and all this type of stuff. And they asked him how how much of sorry, ball is achieved or how much of your football, how how much in terms of percentage wise, are they playing your football? And I think he said like 60 to 70 percent. But he said that he wishes that he can get us playing one touch football more, because if you see our football, like it's not Napoli one touch. Mm-hmm. He said he wishes he can do that. But he says the issue is because we're playing so many games. He says he wants more training sessions to teach us one-touch football. However, because we're playing so many games, he has to take more training sessions to prepare for opponents than to to concentrate on a one-touch football. Now, don't forget, he didn't have much of a preseason either. So mm-hmm. my whole thing with Chelsea fans talking about, oh, we're, we're not playing sorry ball yet and everything's not etc. and he should change it. The reason why he doesn't change it is because if I'm trying to... I can't if I'm if you're trying to teach a kid right from wrong for instance when you're trying to teach a kid if you've spent a couple of years or months or whatever telling him what's wrong if one time you tell him what you've said is wrong is right then you're undoing all of that work mm-hmm. now I don't think it's right for sorry to undo like to change his format or change whatever because there's going to be growing pains and and I think he should so I what I'm literally saying is in terms of achieving the football, I think there are signs, even in this match, of us playing good football. Even from the back, we kind of played out from the back. Um, the issue is, is because his football means that our midfielders like Kante and Kova when and our fullbacks, when we're on an attack, they go so much up. Like in the Bournemouth game, we're so vulnerable to counter-attacks. Now, for some reason, some games, we seem to cope with it, but then like the game against Bournemouth or the City game. I don't even think the City games are counter-attacks, but what I'm saying is we haven't perfected this style, but it's he didn't have a pre-season. <laughs> we're yeah. just that. You know, people, talk about, people talk about Klopp and Pep. Everyone says it, Klopp and Pep needed time. This is, he hasn't been here for that long. So in terms of achieving his football, that's not an issue for me. That's fine. The, the, the issue for me is his decision making in terms of and I'm uh, th- me too me too when it comes it, my my biggest beef with sorry is absolutely with the roster uh yeah. and today was no exception yeah. How, the first half I, I had put on twitter in the first half that you know take aside Ross Barkley's golden toe in in, in the goal um yeah. I just saw sloppy play I didn't see from Barkley no, 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 no. From the team okay. in general. From the team in okay. general. No, no, no. I'm not, you know, I saw sloppy play. And what stuck out to me the most was Giroud being offside. It seemed like the entire game. It seems <laughs> like he he could give, he wiped his ass with the flag. And he was like, I don't give a shit. Like, I'm going to be offsides the entire game. That's what it seemed like to me. It's just, you know, I, I saw... 
I, I haven't heard Sari's post-match, but I yeah. hope to hear that if somebody asked him something along the lines of, did you see your football or not? Because as somebody that has a fringe understanding of Sari, of Sari's football, Sari ball, whatever you want to call it, I know I didn't see anything from the midfield on that resembles what I think Sari ball should look like. I feel like the one place that Sari ball... uh has taken place is in the defense uh right coming back passing out the back where these yeah. guys are playing triangles to to That's escape the pressure i yeah. saw that today and i've and i've and i've seen that for majority of the season it's just from the midfield on well, is well, where it's well, like where it goes right, to shit so, so okay so i want to talk about the defense for for a second with you because have you have you heard that sorry his way of defending is that defenders should look at the ball, not the opponent. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that when he spoke mm-hmm. earlier in the mm-hmm. season? Now, the, back to the City game, I know I, I know you thought you moved on and I wouldn't bring it back up. God but back damn, the City, City game won't die. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking zombies. Bro. It's the walking you have, dead. You have, to kind of, you have to debrief. Oh we have to God. debrief. because, Bro, yesterday yeah. I'm at the field mm. and all I heard was, Damn, you still uh, you uh, make the pass. Don't get confused by six nil. Uh, 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 what was the other one? Uh, we're g- make sure you know what uh, team you're on today. It's not like uh, you know. I know you're still in the fog of six nil. Like, fuck up already. I got, I just kept you know, going. Like I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know. You got good friends that. because they shouldn't let you live it down. That's a that's good friends because obviously when their team loses, you have to bring the same ammo. I hammer them. Well, I'm the going. On, I am going. My cousin's husband. He's a Manchester <laughs> United supporter. We're going to Disney. Uh, if winning for a while now though if we are if we win that game understand ladies and gentlemen if we're winning that game and if we come out with the victory this monday just know that i'm gonna be on this man's ass the entire <laughs> vacation every day when he wakes up oh. we have adjacent adjacent hotels of rooms i'm gonna be on his ass bam bam i'm not gonna let him yeah. breathe pam 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 <laughs> but what 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 if what if we lose which is the likelihood i'm driving home <laughs> <laughs> i'm leaving the wife and kid up there i'm going straight home <laughs> fuck Yo, you come guys to england come come to england. i wish the hotel the hotel well um disney world's like 45 minutes away from the airport oh shit, shit i wouldn't mind hopping out listen i'm going to make it out there it's yeah. been a dream. Okay, guys, this is secret yeah. time. It's just Daniel and I. Nobody else is listening. Secret time. <laughs> yeah. So what I was saying about the defense, right? Uh huh. Um, Aguero. I I don't know if he knew that. I don't know if it was by design. I don't know if it was by Pep telling him, but literally what he would do was go to the blind spot of wherever the ball was. So if you imagine the ball was in front of the defenders, he would go wherever they was looking. He'd go behind that, mm. and then he'd. Are you sure? You saw that? A lot of the time, a lot of the t- a lot of the goals. If you watch it, Aguero was in the blind spot because our defenders have been told to focus on the ball, so they're all ball watching, and Aguero is given the freedom just to roam. No, now, no, most you're clubs, telling me you saw that. I gotta watch the game again. Watch it. This is what I'm saying. Please watch the game, and you'll see what I'm saying because obviously I'm a smart dude. But I'm, telling I'm not you, gonna. I'm, if you pick this up, <laughs> I, if you pick this up, I'm gonna send you a certificate in I'm, the mail. Give me my certificate because I know I'm. 
talk about. But here's no lit that seriously. A lot of the time, Aguero had freedom in the box. Now, most teams, when Aguero is in the box, the spidey signals go off and a defender will go there to where Aguero is. But because our instruction is defenders should look at the ball, Aguero had the freedom to just find blind spots and then the ball dropped to him and then that's how we scored so so often. Now, I feel like that's something that no one else has kind of picked up. But I feel like, obviously, throughout the season, we've actually been quite decent defensively. We haven't really shipped that many goals. But against the big clubs, especially with strikers like Aguero, that could be a problem. Hmm. That could be a massive problem. Hmm. Did you see uh, that today? No, I wasn't looking for it. I wasn't hmm. looking for it. Hmm. But 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 just generally, I do like our defence in terms of passing out. I think Jorginho as well. I guess, I don't know your opinion on Jorginho, but I think that the the City game, all I saw on Twitter was that he was poor, he was this, he was that. I sent out a tweet saying that I don't think he was that poor. I think he was decent. Now, there was a video of, people do this. There was one video where I think he was supposed to be running back and then someone outpaced him. Yeah, that was poor. But if you go back and you watch the game, Jorginho was one of our better players. In terms of creating chances, which we did, like I said, we wasn't poor all of the game. Jorginho had a number of through balls, a number of vertical chances that created chances for us. And in, just in terms of like progressing, like, like you're saying, in terms of defensive transition into midfield, we're quite good. And I think Jorginho aids that because obviously he mm-hmm. drops deep to help us to get out. So I feel like that part of our game is good because we've got good passes. Now, obviously, against the better teams, defensively, we are kind of struggling sometimes. So in terms of that, maybe that needs work. But you're completely right in terms of our midfield and our attack. Now, the, the problem with our midfield is sometimes, again, in the City match, Jorginho would make a vertical pass that breaks the line through one of two, one or two of their lines. But it would come to Barkley and Barkley would send it right back. You can't be doing that. The, the whole point of that decision pass was to break those lines and you're just like, you're, you're, you're doing the opposite. You, you, you're undoing good work. So Barkley makes dumb decisions. I'm just basically going through, because we've talked about Sari, but I'm talking about individual players now. So with Barkley, obviously the header and just those type of passes, he makes dumb decisions and it doesn't help when the camera pans to him and his face looks dumb too. <laughs> That it just it makes it worse. Now we've obviously touched on Alonso as well, but I think in that in that game I don't think we had that many poor performers. I think in that game we had. I'm not going to talk about Kepa because it's unfair. But I don't. You know what? In in in. I was trying to, when it comes to Kepa, I I, I don't know if this is my not knowing what to look for when it comes to keepers, but I don't feel like that's the case because I definitely knew with the snake that I, when he made mistakes that I knew like you got to do better there. But with Kepa, I I honestly believe that I can't, I know he's made mistakes, but I can't remember or pinpoint them. So I'm, I'm, I'm more inclined to believe that he's playing He's playing very well, and I don't give him any 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 criticism, even though I do know he deserves. I know he he has made mistakes. You know what I'm saying? Like my eyes are my eyes are not there yet. Right? Do you know what it is, Chris? Do you know what it is? It's just he because Huar is a tall goalkeeper, so when he misses something, it's like you've got no excuses for you to get there. Whereas Kepa isn't that tall, so. 
when he misses something, it's like, okay, but it's his height. Mm. So th- mm, that's why mm, we mm. we have to be careful because all right, no, but actually we don't have to be careful because I think sometimes people just love finding the scapegoat. So I think it's I'm gonna have to address this. Hold on. My son yeah. is in the background. He's a uh, dinosaur right now. Um, <laughs> I'm in the room with the door closed. If anybody's hearing that, he's not screaming. He's not crying. He's a he's he's he's, he's, he's a dinosaur right now. Uh, that's that's what he sounds like when he's a dinosaur. So I didn't even hear it. But yeah. So if anybody hears it, it's don't worry. Everything's yeah, fine. Well, All right. Well, proceed. I hope, my sorry. Man. I hope sorry isn't a dinosaur too. But <laughs> but um. What was I saying again? Oh yeah, Kepa. The I think it's the height. I think it's the, uh, the height. But I don't think he. I don't think he was that bad. I think obviously our fullbacks had a bad day. I think. I okay. So the barber shop that I go to, I was in there, and some guy came in, and I was talking about the football game like, like I usually do, and he told me he was with Marcus Alonso, um, before the match, before the City match, mm-hmm. because they made me out as a Chelsea fan. So this. They tried to start getting on to me because I'm a Chelsea fan. We just got beat to 6-0. And then he said that he was with Marcus Alonso the day before the game. And Marcus Alonso told him nobody wanted to play against City. He said they kind of knew what was coming. And apparently he said that no one wants to play. Apparently he said that Marcus Alonso doesn't like Sarri. Good. He was with, which is weird because obviously, sorry, this is the guy sorry has been picking over Emerson all of this time. But apparently, Marcus Alonso, and I've seen, I've actually seen tweets saying that Marcus Alonso, the agent, is going to try to get him a move if things don't improve. Good. That, I, you, is, I, I don't, I don't, I don't hear the bad right. news in any of this. Yeah, it's news to our ears, but at the same time, it's another thing that makes the sorry loyalty to Alonso a head scratcher so if if this is someone you know like someone that maybe hasn't told you to your face that they don't like you but we can always feel when someone doesn't like us mm-hmm. he was telling us that Marcus Alonso doesn't like Sari yeah this is a guy that Sari keeps on playing which that doesn't make any sense but apparently there's this whole kind of Spanish there's a group of Spanish players that don't like Sari too and that oh, don't like his um tactics and and don't like it so obviously with our spanish contingent it's kepa it's pedro it's azpilicueta it's alonso but these are the players that weren't performing in the city match so i don't know if they're trying to get them out yeah i i i hope i hope that that's not the case but you know like but, but again i don't i don't give a shit so you don't like them good you hate them good right just play Play to the Same. best of your ability. It's not yeah. Sorry's face on over your heart on the crest. It's right. Chelsea Football Club. You don't but, like the guy? Good. Yeah. Play so for those the crest. Guys, maybe, maybe. But I, I feel like Alonso. This, I think this is Alonso level. I think even if he is playing, he's a good shooter. But I, I don't. A lot, a lot of his game isn't. When Emerson plays. Hazard looks so happy because this is someone that can take someone on so defenders have to kind of be wary that okay he might run past me whereas Alonso he just doesn't have the legs to do it he's not a great passer in, in, in terms of progressing the ball so it's just it's so confusing why he's playing but I don't apart, understand either apart from Alonso I feel like what I was going to say again is obviously the Kante debate moving him uh, I don't. I don't. I was never a subscriber to to Kante back to 
um, yeah, DCM, does the defensive midfielder, never because yeah. even even if even if the that is his best position, Sorry has come out and said again, guys. I'm 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 very easy when it comes to uh when it comes to arguments. I don't have to agree with you. All I want to hear is your logic. And if your logic is sound, whether your decision is right or not, I respect more that your logic is sound. Right. Sorry's logic is I prefer to win the ball closer to my opponent's goal. Right. I need somebody in the midfield that can win me the ball in the opponent's half. Right. The best person in the world to do that is N'Golo Kante. Right. So the logic of putting him closer to the goal makes all the sense in the world. Why do you need Jorginho in 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 that position all the way in the back? Because I might be saying this the the name for the position wrong, but he is the deep lying playmaker. So That's correct. he's the deepest midfielder. It, right. you, you you can't. We can get into a, a, a semantics about the wording and the positioning all we want, but the logic is one guy needs to be way far back to make long passes so he could see the whole field, and the other guy needs to be right. way far forward so he can be able to win the ball back closer to the opponent's right. goal. You can't swap them their pos- their positions and achieve yeah. the same thing. Now, right. we can argue all we want on the the uh, their positioning or whatever. We can argue all that we want, but understand large, uh, sorry's logic. And I right. understand his logic. And right. you got to keep those guys where they're at for his logic to work, for his playmaking right. to work right. and all that. And we hired sorry, so we hired his logic. Exactly, now, exactly. I 100% understand, and, I, right. and, and I'm and i fine with that. Right, and so whereas with the player selections, it's like, okay, that's... Let's okay, talk that about today. Com- perfect example. Let's talk yeah. about today. Why is... Angolo Conte coming on in the 70th right. something minute instead of Ethan Ampadu. Right, right. So, yeah, so so I I could tell you why because Go for it. Sorry. And so one of the reasons why I was enthusiastic about switching from a defensive manager to an attacking manager is because I feel like defensive managers are more risk averse. So that's the reason why they're defensive. Because they don't want to take the risk in terms of going to attack because if we do that, then we might concede goals. Whereas attacking managers is like, okay, we might concede goals, but I'm going to score more than you. That's, in my head, the different kind of philosophies. Makes sense. Now, now if we port that logic about being risk-averse and being a risk-taker to using young players, obviously a more defensive manager is probably going to be more Less less likely to use young players, and a more attacking manager is like, okay, I don't know, let's throw him in. What's the what's the worst that can happen? We could there's other players that can cover for the etc cetera, etc. Cetera. So my whole thing was like, okay, I know at Napoli, sorry, doesn't use his name, but he's an attacking manager, so he's probably gonna be someone to take more risk. But what I've noticed is sorry doesn't really like risks. Sorry is risk averse, even though he's an attacking manager, he's risk averse. So the fact that we lost six nil to Manchester City, Sorry felt we have to win this game because if we lose against Malmo, 
then yeah, it, it's going to be it's going to be it's going to be it's, if we lose against Malmo, it's a right. red panty night. <laughs> right, exactly. And and here's the thing: away in Europe, we haven't been great. Even 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 in Europa earlier in the season, even True. when we was playing well, we haven't had big wins. So I think Sari's looked at it and thinking, I need to bring out the people that I trust, the people with Sari experience points, and that's the reason why. And obviously, even though he's winning two nil, I can't remember when the subs came on, whether it was two one or not. It was it was two zero when he brought in Hazard and and and, 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 and N'Golo Conte, and it was like late, like seventy something something around there. I'm not trying to. I'm not going to try and find excuses. I can't really get into his mindset, but I'm with you in in terms of. That's my biggest issue with him in terms of his use of the squad. Um, in, ter- in terms of the whole kind of changing Kante and, and all of that type of stuff, it, it, it doesn't make sense because English people, they just can't handle... I don't like to... They, I, English people... It's like sorry. So if you've got two people that are used to two different ways and that they're... They, the English people call Sari stubborn, but they're stubborn too. They don't understand it. They can't see his. They can't see their own stubbornness because for them, the person in front of the fence has to be a black guy that runs around and wins the ball. It has to be that because Makaleli mm. came to Chelsea before Makaleli came to Chelsea. Most of the people, most of the clubs in England, played four four two. They've been playing the same formation for 40, 50 years. For even probably longer, four four two. When Ranieri came to Chelsea and they bought Makaleli, there was like, oh my god, there's this new role where you put a player in front of the defense, and they called it the Makaleli role. That was two thousand and four. That they were just introduced to this role that has been prominent across the continent for decades. But just in two thousand and four, two thousand three, when we got Makaleli, they had this new role. So because they were introduced to that role through Makaleli. Their lens of that role is you have to be someone that is running around trying to win the ball. Now, Kante hasn't really never played that role for Chelsea, particularly as in a single anchor. But here's the thing. What what I don't get is last season when we were playing shit, Kante was in that double pivot. Kante was in the position they want him to be in and we were still bad. Yet they feel like the way to fix everything is to play him in the position where everything was going wrong last season. <laughs> so it's not a fix all, but, but the, the problem is with these guys is whenever something goes wrong with Chelsea, whether it's Jorginho, like the city game, this is what I'm saying. If you, uh, Christian, I beg you watch that game again. And at least the first half and tell me what you think of it. I'll have to see it again. I'll have to see it. You know what? Honestly, just to see if I can pick up on Aguero running into the blind spots. Yeah. Just to see if I can see that. Right. Watch that. And then also watch Jorginho's game because a lot of people had him as like the worst performer, but he was a good performer. And I think the issue is, is the commentators are speaking, telling words. Yeah. There's a reason why they call what's that? They call it spells when like witches draw up spells or whatever. Words are so fucking powerful because if the commentator is talking and saying something, and there's something different happening in that pitch. Okay, I, I, I'll give you this example. Jamie Carragher said, in I think it was halftime or or it was halftime. He, he said that Chelsea have become Arsenal. I I, I heard that. I heard right. that. <laughs> That's what he said. But the interesting thing away from that is. 
that's I'm talking to all my friends or listening to loads of podcasts. Everyone has the same take. Chelsea become Arsenal. Chelsea become Arsenal. And that's because everyone's watching Sky and it's such a powerful, big platform. And so when I'm talking about commentators that are constantly saying Jorginho should be there, Kante should be here, the more you say something, the more people think that it's truth. Now, today I watched the match and then there's a guy called Jake Humphreys. He's a presenter. He's on BT Sport. And he, he said that Sari is stubborn because at this point, when he took off Jorginho, he had the opportunity to make the right decision and to put Kante in his right role. Now, the reason why I feel like that is stupid because what he's saying is that I am right, you are wrong. Which is stupid because Sari is the manager. You're a presenter, boy. You're, you're a presenter, bro. You have <laughs> Stay no- your lane. In it, that's what I'm trying to say. Not just that. It's like Chelsea hired him. Yeah, like You can't say he is wrong to play how he wants to play. He said that we are right, you are wrong, which is the English people, they can't... There's a player called... Seb- I don't know if you know Sebastian Veron. He's he's probably before your time. He was a deep-line playmaker. He was one of the first deep-line playmakers to come to England. He signed for United. He's from Argentina. He signed for United for about £40 million. He's known as one of the biggest flops in English football. And it's because they weren't used to the deep-line playmaker role. Veron came to Chelsea. Ranieri bought him. Um, this was before Roman Abramovich. He flopped there too. There's been other examples of deep-lying playmakers like Carrick for United. They get criticised in England. You, I'm sure you know McEachern mm-hmm. who came from Chelsea. He's, he's a deep-lying playmaker. These players, they don't thrive in England as much because England was introduced to that role through McAuley and so they, they've got a very one-dimensional understanding of that role. Now, they can understand a player that Proles in horizontally in front of the defence trying to win the ball but they can't understand that same logic when you put it to let me use that player in an attacking position to win the ball higher up they just can't understand it yeah, So, but even if fi- you don't understand but that's fine but right. what I'm telling you you don't understand it no problem you, you don't but the logic the guy is telling you listen in my system I need a guy to win me the right. ball back as right. high up the pitch as possible. Right. Find me that player. What they will argue is that they feel like watching the game, Chelsea needs someone to win the ball more in the defensive phase than the offensive phase. But why? Well, this is this is this is that this is the two stubborn. Both of them are stubborn. That the English press and the thing is with the English press is they are gangsters in terms of they. They do all of this knowingly. So what they'll do is a manager will get hired. Whenever they smell blood, they'll come in. And then the, the internet feeds into this. And I think Chelsea fans feed into it now. And that's why people people say, all right, managers don't last as long. It's because right now there's a machine building. Whenever they smell blood, yep. everyone comes out and everybody. And, and then what happens is they build it up and they build the atmosphere up and they kind of build it up into a crescendo. And then they'll be like, oh, he has to get sacked. Six nil. There's no way they're gonna ha- they're gonna have to sack him. Etc. They're gonna ha- and they keep on saying this. They have to sack him. And then it gets to the point where the fans are like, will start turning. They're like, then, I, I, I guess we he's got to get sacked. Right. And then the atmosphere in the stadium becomes untenable, and there's booing. And then what happens is, then the club will finally sack him. And then the people will look back and like, that's Chelsea, isn't it? They sack managers. But I'm like, you created the situation. 
you are behind it. So their whole thing is they kind of wind it up. They wind it up and they wind it up. And so, like, I think Chelsea fans need to understand the media doesn't have Chelsea's best interests at heart. And so when all of these commentators on TV are saying all of this type of shit, I don't take it. I don't like. I would rather just watch a match without a commentator because you get a clearer understanding of what's going on, which is why it's interesting. Anyone listen to it and Christian, please watch back that City match. Now, obviously, it was a bad... Obviously, we conceded four goals. But just talking in terms of gameplay, where we're at in terms of gameplay, I don't think it was that bad. I do think it's... I do think it's egregious that he keeps on playing players that are making vital mistakes. I think that both of us can say we looked at that team sheet and we saw the flaws and those flaws came to fruition. So that's on sorry. He's got blood in his hands too. I feel like the, the press um, are going to continue winding this kind of situation up to try to get him get, get sacked. I, I don't want them to win, but the, the one issue is this fucking team selection issue. That is I, I agree. I agree. If he got that together, yeah. I mean, but I felt like I was saying the same thing with Antonio Conte. I felt mm-hmm. like I was saying the exact same thing with Antonio but Conte. I, I I agree, but I think Conte is he for me. Conte was playing seven people defensively, and that's my biggest issue. Yeah, yeah. I I just and in, you know what I remember this man. I the reason. Okay, so when Jose Mourinho was coaching for United, he's a rival. Uh, if you if you yeah. go up against me, we're competing. Yeah, it's it's for blood. You, like you don't you you're non you're not a human anymore. Yeah. So that's why partly the reason why you know things like you, when people were saying fuck off Mourinho and all that stuff, it didn't bother me. He's competing against yeah. you. There's no loyalty in competition. Yeah. But after the fact. I remember when he went on that Sunday show. It was maybe with the journalist. It was maybe Dece- early December. Yeah. And he ripped into them and he was like, he ripped into the journalist saying yeah. that you guys don't, you guys all. It, it basically, he was saying that how come is it for other managers and for other clubs, they get a pass? But when yeah. it comes to me and it comes to Chelsea, you guys jump on my case. When he, right. after the match, when he was like, you know, this problem, this loss today, I don't remember the match, but he was like, this loss today is on me, is not only on me. I don't re- I don't deserve all this responsibility. It's on the yeah. players. And it also, you know, he alluded to this is on the board as well for not yeah. bringing him the players. And then when he went on uh, BN Sports, I think it was in New Year, this New Year that just passed. Yeah, yeah. And he was on fire. It was right after he got sacked. Yeah. Yeah. He said so, for anybody who, who hasn't seen it, guys, watch it. Listen to what this man is saying because it is straight facts. He is laying down just absolute fire when he was talking about, you know, how come is it that Pep gets all the time in the world all the backing in the world, but other managers don't. But do Jurgen you know Klopp hasn't won a damn. Has Klopp won a trophy? One, no. none. But gets all the time and backing in the world, right. and the country doesn't. At least from my chair, all the way over here, I don't hear the country, you know, with pitchforks and and, and torches right. in their hand, banging on uh, Liverpool's door. But they do right. for Chelsea, right? Because, because I guess it's 
part of it is our fault, or is in not our fault, the board's fault, because we have been cycling through managers. But also, if we take into Liverpool's consideration, Liverpool started behind us. With Chelsea, we've won the league twice in the last five years. Liverpool haven't done it in 30 years. So there's going to be more expectation on that, and I'm happy with that. But also with sacked managers, uh, well, to be fair, most cl- top clubs are second managers as well. But but you're right. You're, 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 you're still right. But I do, I do remember... Si- Pep's first season, the situation became Pep, is he a fraud? Is he a bald fraud? There was like, you have to change your system, you have to change this, you have to change that. Now all of these same people are using Pep as this kind of mm-hmm. poster child of oh yeah, be like Pep. They wasn't like that in his first season. And this is, people forget this is Sarri's first season. And a lot, I know a lot of people saying, yeah, we know it's Sarri's first season. But there's going to be teething pains and there was teething pains for, for Pep and Pep went on Sky Sports to do an interview with Thierry and he looked like he was at the end of his tether because he didn't know how to adjust. So it's 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 very unfair to, to kind of use Pep and Klopp now like I, I was watching the City game and said, oh yeah, look at the bench. They've got this and they've got that. They've got so many options. Yes, but they didn't have that in Pep's initial season. He nope. had to sell. He had to, he had to make those 10 changes. So I, I, I'm for criticism of Sari, but I'm for the correct criticism of Sari. I'm for the correct criticism of anybody. Shit, right. I'm for I, the correct criticism of me and my podcast and what I'm doing because I, when you take in the correct criticism and you apply... And, and you learn, you can only do one thing is grow. So, right. I'm but in- their agenda isn't for Chelsea to get better. Don't forget their rivals and they're the media. Their mm-hmm. agenda's for the story. So the, their agenda is more for the second because that just, you, that's where you're going to get the most clicks. Chelsea sacked again, bam, 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 bam. Yeah. But I think for Chelsea fans listening, I think you have to kind of be smarter. Now, like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry out, but it's not because I don't believe he can make this team play well. I think he can actually do it. Um, I think that, again, it's really early and I think we've seen good signs and I think with better players, especially a better attack, we'll be fine. But when you're not picking players that are better or you're not using your squad properly, that becomes, it just becomes untenable. But I wanted to ask you about transfers go for it because and, 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 and we're gonna end it on here because my wife wanted. is blowing up my yeah, phone yeah. she's like yo we need to go and get dinner yeah yeah it's cool let's let's just quickly wrap it up let's do this yeah transfers is there anyone because we've been linked with Jovic yeah <laughs> do, you know, do you know who he is yeah, yeah I saw I saw that we were linked with Jovic the striker um but yeah. <sighs> you know when it when, when it comes to transfers, mm. I'll be the first one to raise my hand. I'm in different Twitter group chats where yeah. I see these guys. They're constantly like, oh, I'm watching. Bro, I'm 35 years old. I got. I have a husband. I have a wife. I'm a husband. I have a wife. I have a kid. Right. I have the podcast. I have, you know, my, right. I have real adult life that, you know, yeah. that I have to attend to. So I can't yeah. be watching all day long games. And right. plus, I, you know, I, I I play, I go to the gym, I play, I play FIFA. Anybody mm. who wants to get it, DM me oh. and we <laughs> can get it. Let's so, it. but like, I, I, I don't, I don't watch all these guys. So I'll be the first one to say that, hey, listen, I haven't seen this guy play as much as the other. I'll take your yeah. word for it. But when it comes to transfers in general, 
awesome we're we're linked to i mean the scouting department for every position has 10 15 guys that they're looking at i don't want to hear anymore that we're linked that we're looking at they're inspecting they're sniffing they're (laughs) i don't want to hear that anymore yeah what Mourinho said when he was talking about he goes when i came in and i wanted didier drogba we went like an arrow we hit the target when I wa- he goes when he goes when I wanted to pair John Terry up I wanted Ricardo Cavallo, and we went out and we got Cavallo. That's the type of talk that I want to hear from the board, from we my manager. Out. We went out. We got Jorginho Fasari. Like Ricardo Cavallo played for for Mourinho. Didier Drogba wasn't. He wasn't really that targeted. Obviously, people were interested, but. We got him because we were the standout team that wanted him. I think like right now it's a lot more competitive. So when 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 managers lose out on their top targets, Pep lost out on Jorginho. Pep uh-huh. lost out on Fred. Pep lost out on his excess chances. Mm-hmm. You managers have to get used to losing out on the top targets. Like and fans need to stop fucking throwing out the toys out of the pram when we don't get them. Because I love that saying. I love right. that saying. I, throwing out the toys out the pram. I love that saying. We don't use that shit here. I love yeah. that saying. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, I, I love, I love all that type of shit. But I'll just say three names that I, I'm interested in. Obviously, Nicolas Pepe. Yes. Um, Jovic as well, and then um, there's a kid called Jao Felix from Benfica, Ooh. who's nice because we're 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 lacking creativity. But he, he's got goals and creativity, which I think is two things we're missing. So, yeah, that's just my, my thing. Yeah, no, I mean, Nicolas Pepe, but I, I like I was talking to uh, some friends. They're like, oh, Hazard's leaving. I'm like, you know, the guy that, oh, who was it? No, no, no. It was another name that was brought up. Like, I can't believe that this is the guy that you're going after for the hazards replacement. I'm like, no, it's Nicolas Pepe. But that's I'm not breaking any news. Every big club in the entire continent is looking at Nicolas right. Pepe. Like, right. that, you know, like that, well, that that's the that's just modern football these days. Like, yeah, if you're a big, everybody's man. looking at everybody. You don't think yeah. that, you know, how many clubs need a striker? Yeah, all, all five, six of the biggest clubs need a striker. You don't think yeah. it on all of those clubs that Icardi is not either one, two, or three, and in, in, in one of those, wherever you want to rank them, that's fine. But I don't, he, I don't know about Icardi. You know Just what because, I'm saying? But but what yeah. the point I'm trying to make is like he's yeah. not hiding. Like right. if you're a big club, you know that he's there. You know he's available. You know the situation. So if you want him, you can go and get him. Uh, right. Pepe is the same thing. You know, there's right. no more of this, you know, I, at least I don't think that these guys are hiding in the dark and then I pulled a fast one. You know what I'm saying? There are. There are. And and but the thing is, is you just have to. It's quicker. So, yes, yes. On very quickly. Yeah. Like right what now. happened with this Paez deal. That's yes. embarrassing. That's embarrassing. I don't think it was that embarrassing because I think that Chelsea decided not to go through with it. I don't think I don't think it was a point where PSG came and said, We've taken him off of you. I think Chelsea had it ready and then they was making a decision because I think they wanted Barella and Barella decided that he wasn't going to come. So then PSG said, we'll take him. But I feel like, I don't think it was a, I don't know. I'm, I don't see behind the scenes, but I don't think it's that embarrassing. And to be fair, even though he is good, I don't feel like, I feel like we'll be fine without him. 
Uh, yeah, I think, I mean, we just like th- that whole, I'm tired of hearing that story. I'm ha- tired of hearing the Lukaku <laughs> story where we, we want him, we want him, we want him, we want him. We're preparing, we're preparing. I, I, I am tired of every single trend. It's sort of kind of like, I, I hate it. I hate that I think this way, but. I'm always kind of I'm I'm kind of like if we do get a transfer room uh, transfer ban, that I'm gonna be relieved of those four words. Chelsea are preparing a bid or those magical words, because during the transfer room there won't be a transfer ban. There won't be any of that. Yeah, no more no more preparation. Just you know, focus. Chelsea yeah. are monitoring the situation. Yeah. I, I, I'm I'm tired. The one that that drives me crazy. The one that I that if I had never hear it again. I'll be more than happy. Roman Ibramovich is going to unleash the war chest. Yeah. Oh when, my God. Man, these are the ter- these terminologies you never hear in any other things. They're just specifically for transfer rumors. All I've never heard another owner that has a war chest. <laughs> Only Roman has one. Uh, and I'm looking to see every every transfer window is the war chest. Yeah. Where? Where? Yeah. Well, where is it? I mean, and, and then and then on top of that, Chelsea has been what self sustained for how long? How many years? Two years? Three years now? Mm. Where Roman hasn't been injecting. So where is Roman injecting all of this money? You know, when he when he hasn't anything done it for the last three years, two years, whatever the case may be. It's anything for the story, man. And they've been doing that. To be fair, they use war chest. War chest is a one they use. It's not just for Roman. They use it quite a lot. I can't remember. There's quite a lot of them. If when I remember them, I'll tweet them. But um, yeah. Well, Daniel, it's been phenomenal, phenomenal having you on. I'm yeah. so happy you reached out. Um, no. where, guys, please, Daniel, where can I'm people t- find you? So I'm on Twitter every day, twenty four seven. I don't have a life, and I don't have a wife, <laughs> and all that type of shit. I don't have a kid. But yeah, so my at is. Dan, and then it's underscore soft, S-O-F-F. I'm a Chelsea fan. I'm trying to get into this kind of whole Chelsea kind of, because I'm, I'm, so I'm part of a podcast called Touchline Fracker. Check us out. We are like the dopest, other than the All-American football podcast, we are the dopest podcast out there in terms of football. But um, yeah, yeah, follow me. Um, yeah, I'm, I've enjoyed being on the podcast, bro. No, no, it was a pleasure having you. Um, guys, go out and uh, support the podcast, uh, because I've been actually... I'll I'll elaborate on the story uh, on the on on this story after uh, the interview because um, yeah. you guys know how I do. But I was a fan of Touchline Frack. I've been listening to Touchline Frack since the beginning of this season. Joe Tweedy had tweeted out, "Hey, follow this podcast; it's really good." Uh, uh, Boom! And I and I started listening to it. I didn't even when 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 Daniel reached out to me, he just told me right now when before we started <laughs> recording. Oh, I'm I'm on Touchline Frack. I had no idea. So, guys, I listen to the Touchline Frackers heavy. I encourage you guys to do the same. All right, everybody. This is the end of the interview. All right, everybody. Your boy is back. That was the interview with Daniel Soft from Touchline Frackers. Um, We covered a lot of topics. We covered a lot of topics. And I, I swear to you that is true 100 percent true i had he reached out to me on twitter hey i want to be on your podcast i didn't know who he was like i i didn't cairo 
I didn't. My son is in here. It's eleven thirty at night. He discovered that I was up recording. So you guys know I don't do this. But either way, so I had no idea that he was on touchline practice. I really didn't. I really didn't. And if you guys don't know, Bud, shh. Touchline Fracas is a podcast, a football podcast that I've been listening to since early this season, early 18, 19 season. And I had no idea he was on there. So, buddy, here, go give this to mama. And so I had no idea when he reached out to me that, you know, he was on the show. So I, I just said, like, all right, cool, like, whatever, no problem. And then he tells me before, he's like, oh, yeah, because I have a podcast, Touchline Fracas. I'm like, what? I was a, I'm was a fan of that podcast. So it's just crazy. Anyways, everybody, uh, that's the end of the podcast. Um, I'm going to leave you guys with a little Bobby Valentino, anonymous, a little. I, I'm not a big fan of R&B, but I figure Bobby Valentino on Valentine's Day is, you know, it's appropriate. A little fun fact. I used to listen to this song anonymous and omarion's icebox and the reason why i would listen to this is when anyway and the reason i would listen to this is i was i that was at the time where i was making beats and i was trying to dissect these two beats trying to figure out and of course i didn't they were done by the master timberland but I used to listen to these songs over and he is handing me a bunch of And I try to de- decipher and break down these beats, try to figure it out. And I didn't. They were done by the master Timbaland. But I used to listen to this song, those two songs over and over and over and over and over and over again, trying to figure them out. So I figured it's only right that we end this podcast Valentine's Day on... Um, I'm some Bobby Valentino Anonymous And that's it I'll talk to you guys again soon I'm going to try to get a match preview For the Manchester United match If not, I'll talk to you guys when I get back From my holiday Please follow me on Twitter All American CFC Follow Daniel At Dan underscore soft On Twitter Thank you again to him Make sure you listen to Touchline Fracas. Great podcast. And I'll talk to you guys again soon. Have a great day. Enjoy the rest of your day. I love each and every single one of you. Big kiss. Buddy, come and give a kiss. Say bye. Big kiss. Later, guys. Wanna hold my hand? Wanna hold my hand? Come get with me. Come get with me. Which dime wanna ride? Everything on me. Everything on me. Girl, you ain't gotta lie. Tell me what's it gonna be. Tell me what's it gonna be. I gotta know. I gotta know. I gotta know.